Welcome to Dual Win Games, Episode 7. On Table Talk, we discuss what influences you when purchasing games. We review Dinogenics and Clank in Space. And we go over our top 10 area control games. We are your hosts. Aaron Schmidt. Ryan Gast. Tim Stearns. So, we're going to dive into our Table Talk. And you heard it. What influences you when you purchase games? So we get into the psyche of what we're thinking about. Yes, we're gonna get we're right, right into your mind. I don't know if you so go in there. <laughs> this was suggested to us by Gaming Yeti on our board game Geek Guild. So thanks a lot, Gaming Yeti. This one's for you. <laughs> <laughs> Toast him up. I guess the number one thing. Uh, there's a number of things that go into it, obviously, but the top thing for me is designer. Sure. You know, if I know the designer, I like a lot of their stuff. That's the number one thing. Just after that, and real close, is probably like the the type or style of game that it is. When you say type or style, you mean like the the main mechanism at play? Yeah, mechanisms, uh, mechanisms and weight, like that kind of thing. Um, I'm not going to get too too into it yet. I'll let you guys kind of list a couple things before we dive deeper into what we. Well. One thing I, yeah, you know, you said it with the designers. If you see that name, a big one that you like, you're going to automatically check it out. One thing that pulls me in is when they take a mechanism you already know and put a good twist on it. That and gorgeous artwork. I mean, peop, you know, if it's pleasing to the eye, I'm going to look at it. Yeah, I don't know. I would say, honestly, theme would be the first thing that would draw me in. And and not that's not even always the case, you know. I you said designers, you know. If I do hear of a certain designer releasing a game, yeah, I'll be drawn toward towards it more than others. But that's not always like my defining. So I don't know theme, artwork, and then I'll look into it. A lot of times I'll you know look into reviews, see what other people are saying about the game, and if I think it's going to fit what I like play style that i like you know stuff like that so yeah i I guess maybe maybe that would be it just kind of how everything kind of melds together yeah another big point for me is like price point because like i don't really feel like spending 160 dollars on like cthulhu (laughs) wars or something you know what i mean yeah Yeah. i mean when it gets a ridiculous price point yeah. yeah i mean if it's below like 80 and it looks good so price is just something I look at. And I'm always looking at sales and things like that, too. So, I mean, I guess if the info's out there, so like the designer, obviously, you know, like Alexander Fister, his heavier games, there's that Italian group. There's like five of them or so. Mm-hmm. Um, they made, like a combination of them made Zulkin, Teotihuacan, um, Grand Austria Hotel, Lorenzo Magnifico, Coimbra, and like a couple others I'm sure I'm missing. So like when I see their names pop up, I immediately check out the game. And their games are t- typically like a mid-weight. Some of them are like a medium-heavy type. So I like check those games out because those immediately appeal to me. Mm-hmm. And I'll look at like what mechanics are in the game. If there's that information out there, like you said, Tim, yeah. on the reviews and stuff like that. And when I look at reviews... So you want to find somebody, like a reviewer, or somebody you've listened to or read enough where you understand their tastes, how they compare to you. So when they talk about something that they like, and you generally agree with it, or if you talk about 
something that they dislike, I get more information out of the dislikes for a lot of things. Like, if that would bother me in a game. Yeah. Or these things. If, if they do, okay, that brings it down a notch. But if they don't bother me, or I might even enjoy that kind of thing, like, you know, it might be a little interaction in my Euro. Mm -hmm. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that, that kind of helps me. I, I, th I think, to that point, one of the funniest comments I read, I think on Board Game Geek, but it was for um, somebody was complaining about, like, Alte Polano not having any player interaction. Oh. <laughs> and, like, the next comment was like, oh, my God, I have to have that game. <laughs> yeah, because there's so many people have such different <laughs> right. tastes, you know. For one person would see that, and they're running away from the game, and someone like you sees that, and you're sprinting towards it, right. diving on yeah. it. You know? yeah. But, yeah, like, other things that go into it, like you mentioned, Aaron, all that stuff, you know, price point, artwork, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, the publisher, I'll look at that, you know, because, like, Stonemeyer Games, I'm always going to check out what they're putting out. You yeah. Know, just, they make good games, quality games. Yeah, they, you can generally <clears throat> tell a standard of quality that the product they're going to put out based on the publisher. Yeah. You know, the game might not be great, but it probably is going to look good. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to look at it anyways. Yeah. Like you mentioned, Tim, theme. Yeah. You know, if it's, if I'm kind of not sure one way or the other, but I really like the theme, that might pull me into actually purchasing the game. Yeah. If you see Lord of the Rings, you're going to be. Yeah. More often than not, you're going to be all over it. Yep. Like, artwork, I'll look at that, you know. I mean, all this melds together, obviously, for all of us to make the decision. But these are just different things that we all look at. Yeah, and that's why I can't really put my finger on it. You know, is it a certain style game? Sure, but, you know, I mean, that doesn't always fit the mold either. You know, do I an area control game or do I want a racing game? You know, I mean, there's, there's so, such a big variety of games out there. It's so hard to kind of pin yeah. down and... And that's why, for me, I think the designer or designers are the number one thing I look at. As long as they have a number of games out there and I know what to expect, typically, from the stuff they put out. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I like most of that, or that's my style of game. I'm going to look at... I'm going to start by looking at it based on that, and then go from there. Yeah. One other thing I'd like to talk about in this is <clears throat> what sometimes, more often than not, influences me is whether or not one of two things is this going to be a game me and my fiance are going to like and play a lot? Is this a game that's going to come out at game day and get a lot of plays? Yeah, Th yeah. Those two things help me as well. Yeah. And that's a good point. You know, I've, I've done that too. Even if I don't think a game's going to come out a lot with our group, if I think my wife and I can get it a lot, mm -hmm. then for sure, then I'll, you know, right. so yeah. for instance, that doctor who rise of Daleks game, I know you guys will not play with me. And, you know, maybe you'll like it, maybe you won't. But you don't like the theme. I know me and my wife love that theme. Mm -hmm. So we've gotten it all quite a bit. So, yeah, that's yep. that's right. Yeah, on. it definitely goes into it. Because I, I actively look, and I post sometimes, too, on Board Game Geek, like recommendations or just to see what people say. Because I'm always looking for a two-player game, like uh, some of those other games I mentioned, like Grand Austria, Lorenzo, play great at two. Santa Maria, I don't know. I might pick them for game day. I might not. You know, I really do enjoy them, but there's other ones I'm going to get to play with a game group that my wife doesn't enjoy, you know. And you guys might enjoy some of those other ones I'm playing with her, but I want to play these other games and get those to the table. Yeah. And there's games that I'll pass up a lot now, especially recently, that I'll pass them up just because I'm thinking 
is this really going to get played? Like, right. am I going to get this out with my wife? Am I going to get out with my brother, Michael? Or am I going to get it out with the game group? You know, if it's if I'm just like, yeah, it's not going to get out enough, even though I might really be interested in it, I end up passing now. Or I used to not do that as much. I'll just like, oh, I'll get it played. Yeah. Now I think about that more. You know, is it actually going to get to the table, even though I might be really excited about it? Well, and that's one thing, too, when your collection grows so large, you're like, I've got all these games I yeah. want to play. Is this one going to yep, come out? Exactly. Like the playtime, weight, mechanics, components, player count, those are some other things I'd written down, you know, all this stuff, these variables into it. But that was a good point with the... Yeah. Who you're going to play with and play how with often. How often. Is it actually going to get to the table enough, you know? Or, right. I mean, you never know until you play it, but based on all the information you have. Because, like, I, I think I talked about that last episode, that Lord of the Rings journey in Middle-Earth. Love the theme. Super pumped about it. But if it's um, a camp campaign game, I'm not going to get it because it's it's not going to get played. Right. Yeah. So, as much as I may like it, it's just not going to be something I get. Right. You could just get it and be sad about not playing it. <laughs> yeah. Just wallow with it. I'm not selfish. <laughs> So, yeah, um, thanks again for Gaming Eddie, and feel free to join our Board Game Geek Guild and give us some suggestions for a table talk. So what is our what is our Board Game Geek Guild number offhand, do you know? Well, if you would like to join it, Tim, you can go to boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3471. That is boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3471. That's a good plug. <laughs> you come and say hi to all of us. Shameless. Plugging. <laughs> Just plugging away. Plugging along. So if that wraps up table talk for this week, we can now go into our review of Dinogenics. Dinogenics was designed by Richard Keene and published by Ninth Haven Games in 2019. It plays one to five players in 90 to 120 minutes. Dinogenics is a worker placement game where players are trying to build the most successful dinosaur park. The player at the end of the game with the most victory points is the winner. During the game, players will be placing workers out onto the board to take various actions such as building facilities that have different effects during gameplay, purchasing fences to help contain the dinosaurs, buying and selling DNA at the market, as well as creating dinosaurs for their park. Dinosaurs may rampage and kill some park visitors, causing you to gain painful scandal tokens for your park. The game will end after a set number of rounds, and the person who best manages their park and ends up with the most victory points is the winner. What do you think about the production quality in this Kickstarter game? Components? I I really like the components. I like the the dino meeples. You know, they really stand out. They look cool. My kids are always trying to nab them off the table and run away with them. <laughs> and uh, I like the player boards because they have... They're kind of inlaid a little bit. Oh, recessed, yeah. 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 So when you're building your fences, they slot right in, you know, and the buildings fit right into the building slots, stuff like that. So so that's a, that's a plus for me. Okay. I love the dino meeples and fences and the player boards, like you said. Those yeah. are awesome. I like the art on the dino cards. The rest of the art in the game, I kind of, eh, it's not bad, but I don't really care for it. Uh. Otherwise, like, the cardboard's nice and thick. You know, they didn't chintz out on any of that. Yeah. And the meeples are fine. Um, I think the money that could have been a little cooler. Yeah. 
you know, it's a good quality, but it, yeah, the graphic sick, design on it could it have definitely pretty, that is that is it looks old and lame. Yeah, I don't know. It almost looks like uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Like you know, like if you see like a sonar thing. Like or a, a radar, like a little radar disc. That's almost what it looked for some reason. Yeah, it just, just looks. It is bizarre. Incredibly generic, and it doesn't fit right to me at all. Yeah, but the rest of the components I really like. I wonder though if they went like so over the top for all the other components, the dino meeples, and the, they just they just cut back. And then the yeah, it's like mm, coins. Maybe we could do it. Though. Everyone likes everyone likes coins. Just cut back on that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how the Kickstarter did, but. Uh, if I remember, I, I thought it did pretty well. Okay. How strong is the theme in this game, then, for you guys? Um, it's definitely there. There's parts of it that it really stands out, and there's other parts that it doesn't. Like, I wish there was more uh, dinos breaking out. What's that called? Yes, Rampage. Ramp- Ramp- I wish that, that happened a lot more. That's the one thing that really... It's pretty easy to manage. Yeah, you, if you really, really want, yeah. you could never have it all game. Yeah. You know, you could easily... I think the last game, I just let it happen twice. Early on. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think I you, didn't. I just didn't. I was like, well, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one point I was going to make, was that, you know, it has the Jurassic Park feel. And the big thing with Jurassic Park, you know, dinosaurs are getting out, they're going crazy. Yeah. So I, I wish there was kind of more of that, that somehow they could kind of bring that out. Maybe... You know, with a T-Rex or something, instead of not feeding it, maybe every round it you roll the Rampage dice. So sure. it might be breaking out, might be causing more havoc, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's the risk you take because mm-hmm. with those, you know, the dangerous carnivores, they yeah. do score you a lot of points. So maybe that could be a way to kind of... Yeah, they might break out and they might hurt you. Yeah. Too, so you know. But yeah. yeah, I thought that was too easy to... That's really the main thing for me that brought me out of the theme as far as, like, Feeling like Jurassic Park. Yeah. The rest of it was pretty good, you know. Not crazy, but building up my park, getting the dinosaur fences, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The DNA stuff. Yeah, I like the, like, gene splicing kind of thing. You could make the mutants. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was kind of neat. So what do you think about the gameplay? I do enjoy most of the gameplay. It's kind of like your old-fashioned Euro work replacement game. I think that's kind of your target audience. Mm-hmm. Medium weight. A lighter, medium weight game, you know, yeah. not too hard to get into. Uh, very basic work replacement stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think building up your park is a lot of fun. Seeing that grow with the dinosaurs and fences and the buildings you might place out there. I think um, he, I think he's building up to a butt. <laughs> I am. I, I can feel it. <laughs> I'm building up to some cons. Um, I think the rule book has a lot of clarification issues. Mm-hmm. I know there's that I've heard that complaint quite a bit, um, especially with some of the buildings. Yeah, those buildings, the cards. they're odd. I don't know if you guys just want me to keep running down the line here, if you want to get some words in before <laughs> I start just listing off everything. Well, I I would consider it like a similar weight to almost like Lords of Waterdeep, like in more intro work to work yeah, replacement. Yeah, it's uh, easier to get into work replacement. But it's got some weird little snags. Yeah, there's a couple little things that would be a little confusing to somebody you yeah. know, first starting out. Right, like getting the, into work replacement. Yeah. Yeah, so some of the some of the work replacement spots for example is you can go to the market and you can buy and sell dinos, you can buy buildings, yep. and you can get some fences, right? Yep. The, there's the farm, you can get goats to feed your carnivores. 
You can kind of go to the boneyard. You can yep. look through some old dino cards. Yep, so you're kind of yeah. digging up. You're kind of digging through, so then that will give you a scandal token. If, if you have scandal tokens at the end of the game, they're going to give you negative points. There's uh, a spot where you can go. It's a timeshare, so you bring in a new visitor to your park, and yeah. then you also get money from it. There is just a straight money space. Mm-hmm. You're basically drawing some dino cards, and then you have to... Yeah. Yep. Some. yeah, it's there's like the DNA bank yep. kind there's of thing. There's also another one where you can just draw dino cards into your hand yep. mm-hmm. to add more. But the last, the other space that I'm thinking of is the they, one where you draw, are they intrigue cards? They're like intrigue cards. Yeah, they're like, that's yeah, right. Cause, I, I can't remember what they're called, but yeah, they're they're like intrigue cards. Yeah, so they're, they're cards that later you can go to an action space that you can play these cards. And it's kind of, kind of an event and... For me, I guess, I don't know if I want to jump the gun, but that's kind of, they, they're they so swingy, those cards. I oh, wish, yeah, absolutely. I wish they were toned down a lot because, I mean, some of them, maybe it's just going to give you some goats, some food, stuff like that. But then the game we played, I think you had two of the same card. And they're the only two in the deck of that card. Only two in the deck, which, okay, it's kind of random that you ended up getting those, but still it happened. But you played those cards, and each card gave you seven points. So at the end of the game, you end up scoring fourteen points. Just uh, with just two actions. Just yeah, just yeah. by taking actions. It, yeah, it seemed kind of. And I got it late in the game where I was scoring more points on that yeah. card based yeah. off of other things I had done through the game. And there was, I had a card in my hand from the beginning of the game. It was like, get rid of a dino in your park and get get a mutant, a mutant or something. Or two yeah, or something it was really like bizarre. That. And there's another one I had all game, and I like it did nothing for me. Like it, it, I can't remember what it was. I think it was, I don't remember what it was, but it like never ever. It just didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it was like, and he's scoring eight points off of his card, <laughs> yeah, and like seven money. Right. You know, then another thing too, and we left him out of the second play we did, but they have the black hat cards. And those are even more like in your face player action. Those are real take that. Yeah, yeah. real it's not, take that. It's not interaction. It's like really just take that. Yeah, stuff, which I'm gonna I play it on like, you just like uh, yeah. just to mess you up and hurt you. It's like robbing six to nine points from every other player and you scoring like yeah. twelve points. Yeah, because I, I believe one of them is. That when you play it, you actually clear out one hotel from every other player. Right. And then you can scoop up those people that ran out of the other parks. Yep. If you if you like that kind of thing, keep them in the deck. But it does say in the rule book that you have the option. Yeah, it's kind of to like leave a... them in or to take them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. And they're they're marked. They got a little black hat in the corner. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. The cards were way too varied in power and yeah. usefulness, depending on if. You got them at the right time or not, or how good they were. On the flip side of that, so I wish the cards were toned down, but I wish the buildings were boosted a little bit. Yeah, it seemed like some of them were way too expensive for how useful they really were. Right. A lot of times. Yeah. There's, I mean, getting the hotels is great because that's getting you more points and money and stuff. But some, of, a lot of the other ones, it was just kind of. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Some of them were good and useful in certain yeah. situations, but mm-hmm. and I know one of them I remember I don't remember what the price on it was, but you could negate one of your rampages. 
So going back to us wanting more rampages in the game, this building yeah. helps you like defend against them, which... Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing I felt frustrating was... Uh, so I, I wish making the dinos, you could kind of mitigate that luck of what you, you draw and stuff. I know there's a different way to get dino cards, but the first game we played, I think it was the Ankylosaurus. I had two of them from the beginning of the game. I needed one more. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have basically discarded two or three other dinos to basically make a third Ankylosaurus to yeah. be able to get that out there. That would be kind of a cool action spot. Yeah. You discard some cards out of your hand to be able to draw or to take them out of the deck or something like that. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. And then the uh, the last game we played, I had that two pterodactyls, which is all you need mm-hmm. for the first round of the game. And you can't get a pterodactyl unless the biodome building happens to come out. Yeah. Which you don't know if it's going to happen or not. So it was like Waited for the first round. Waited for the second round. Came to the third round, and I'm like, it's whatever. I'm gonna. Do you get, hold on to them? Yeah, hope I'm, so I'm gonna get rid of them because it's this. I don't see this biodome, and then finally in the last round yep. of the game, I think it came out. So that was the problem. My biggest beef with the game. There's some other stuff I'll talk about, but the runaway leader issue. Mm-hmm. If you don't get going in the first round, yeah, that you're pre-season's gonna keep falling huge. behind. Yep. yep. And it's really hard to, really hard to catch up. Yeah, if like, cause me the first game, I got like two dinos in that first one, and I just I ran away with it. Yeah. The mm-hmm. second one, I got last. I didn't get it. I couldn't get the dinos from that first season. I had the two pterodactyls, but I couldn't. I didn't get the biodome. It was the end of the second season. I finally got a dino. So if you don't get going early, and the problem with it, the runaway leader thing, is it all compounds because. You're getting the most points, and then generally if you're getting more points, you're getting the most reputation from your dinos too. And whoever has the highest reputation is going first. They're getting more visitors, which also going first is a benefit because you're taking that best action out of the board. So all yeah. that builds yeah. up to even compound the issue even more, which I don't I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. They had to see that in playtesting. I think the iconography is really bad. And the text and symbols on the buildings are just tiny. Yeah, it's real. Uh, they have all of the buildings are named on the actual token, but it's so small. When I would look it up in the rule book, I would just look at the picture mm-hmm. and match the picture because yeah. I could not read the writing on that. And the, right. And I'm like squinting and trying to see the icons on all the buildings. And if it's small, that sucks, but okay, I can deal with it if the iconography makes sense. But yeah. I couldn't see it, and then I had to ask you. We all had to ask you whatever they yeah. meant, and you're looking up every yeah everything. Even the iconography, even if you could tell, it was it was so it was it didn't bizarre. feel yeah it wasn't wishy washy. It wasn't intuitive at all yeah. right. what the stuff meant. So um, I think it really had potential, but there's just a lot of things that really brought it down for me. Yeah, it fell short. Yeah, I, I would agree. It was one of those. I was excited to get it. I loved how it looked. I loved how it looked on the table, you know, the worker placement aspect of it. But just those few little things, you know, those uh, those cards being too swingy, you know, at times it's hard to get dinosaurs. And if you don't get dinosaurs in preseason, you're so far behind mm-hmm. everything. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you where it's so close to yeah. being a really, really good game. 
but just it does a few things that just kind of knocks it down, and I, I wish there were a few things done differently. Right. Yeah, like a lot of that other stuff I can look past, but like you said, the cards and then the runaway leader thing is just two things that are just too weighing it down too much for me. Yeah. yeah. And I'm fine with you play good, you keep doing better, but it's just someone gets unlucky, doesn't get that dino or two in that first season, and there's nothing you can really do. Yeah, because right. I think the three-player game we did, because you start with three cards in your hand. Mm-hmm. Two of my three cards were raptors. Instantly, I had a raptor on the board, mm-hmm. and I was a- I was able to get another one later. Right. So very quickly, I was able to get dinosaurs right out there just off of the cards I was drawn yeah. in the game. Now, that's a big handicap if I can do that, but then you're trying to get one more Ankyosaurus, but you need three, and you cannot find it yeah, in the it deck. Just, or it it's doesn't not show in the yard, it's not in the buy pile, I'm drawing cards, I'm not getting it. Yeah. It's like, we'll get mutants, but mutants are not nearly as valuable as the other right. ones. Yeah, they, they score you victory points, but they don't score you any reputation. Exactly. There's a building that could come up that you could buy that... But you don't... Right. Know again, yeah, it's... Either, yeah. yeah. But, you know, again, that's why I kind of wish there was more rampage that would take place. Yeah. Because I, I could see if there was more rampage with somebody getting, like, a raptor or T-Rex early in the game and trying to starting to run yeah. away with it. That would kind of knock them back down, and maybe somebody exactly. The more yeah. dinosaurs you have, the more carnivore ones you have, whatever. Yep. Higher, way higher of a chance of a rampage, which then eats some of your visitors. You might lose some money because of that. Yeah. Whatever you know, reputation. You get scandal tokens, that helps, and then you gotta try to get balancing away. people who are farther behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without feeling like it's a, just a free gimme, like oh you're doing bad. Here's a catch up mechanic for you. That right. Actually, you know, yeah. I do have to say, uh, we, I, I at least I've played it at, at different player counts. I played it at the full, what was it, five players? Yeah. I did not like it at all. Right. No. There was, those cards made it way too swingy for that high player count. We played it three players, which was a lot better. Mm-hmm. But I was, like we said, it's still problems. And I played it a handful of times at two player. And I almost think at the two or three player, I liked it best. I would definitely agree with that. Like, I didn't play with two, but the lower player count, because it's kind of one of those two that it feels too long for what it is once you get up there, and then it's two guys are doing really good, and two other guys are just, you know, they, they know they have no chance right. you know, after a couple rounds. And, and then I, they just got to sit there. Yeah. I, I think, two in the two-player game that I played, they were a lot, the scores were a lot tighter. We didn't see the runaway leader. Now, that might be because we had played a handful of times now, my wife and I. So we knew to start getting dinosaurs out right away. If I'm going to play with a new player, I could see them struggling because they don't know to get a dinosaur out right away unless I yeah. tell them. I mean, that, that last game we played, I was drawing car Like, I was trying yeah. to get a dinosaur. I just couldn't get a car. I mean, I could have made a mutant, but... Right, right. Those are just so much weaker than the other dinosaurs were. Yeah. So it's just, it it's so close, and that's it's almost disheartening. <laughs> well, I was going to say, this is a game you kickstarted. Why don't you give us your final rating first? My final rating? Even with its flaws, I 
I do still like it. I'm not going to get it out all the time. Um, how much does the theme help this for you? The theme a lot. My, my kids are too young to play it, but they're asking to play it nonstop. You know, right? Yeah. So I could see, you know, when they're a little older, if you know they're still into dinosaurs, I'll get more play out of it. Like now, I don't know how often, yeah, really that often how much I'd pick it for game day picks. Right. My wife and I will probably get it out once in a while. I don't I don't see it hitting the table a lot. You know, there's better games that we have that are at two player. Um, and now I'm rambling, but I, I would still with its flaws, I would still have it around like a six and a half, maybe seven, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah, I'm probably right there with you, you know, six and a half, seven. If it wasn't for the com- most of the components, the look of it, and the theme, it would probably be five and a half, six. I like that a lot, and I really want to oh, like yeah. the game. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's a six and a half, probably. Yeah, it's just it just fell well short of what I was hoping. Kind of like at the Super Bowl, what was that, with the Titans? When the guy's, like, rolling at the goal line trying to oh, score. Oh, the Rams won yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like a half a yard, a quarter yard short. Yeah. There's just so many little things. Some of them were big things, too, that just brought it down so much. And I was like, <sighs> yeah, you know. Not big on it. <laughs> Components are fine. Artwork's nice and all. But, yeah, I don't know. This game, you know, I feel like I need to brush my teeth after playing. It just leaves such a bad taste in my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he feels dirty after the, playing it. I want to like it, but like you guys, but I just don't. So you hate it. I don't get a little tongue scraper action going. <laughs> a little tongue scrape, a little mouthwash. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like you backed the wrong uh, dinosaur game, Tim. Did I? I haven't played Dinosaur Island, so I, if oh. that's what you're getting at. And anyway, so I'd give it like a five and a half to a six. Probably leaning towards the five and a half side. Oh man, I think that's our lowest rating yet. Yeah, you give Sagrada that low or no? It's a game that could have been. <laughs> yes, the one that got away could have been like eight pretty easily for me if they. Yeah, yeah. So you know, if you're looking for like a light to medium worker placement game with great components, pick something else out. <laughs> <laughs> well. Here's a question. Would you pick this or Waterdeep? Because I know Waterdeep. I'd pick Waterdeep. Would you really? I would. I would honestly not recommend this game. Because I don't have any huge issues with Waterdeep. It's just overplayed. I've just just played it out for me, personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Type of thing. Or... I mean, it gets annoying when one of the wet bandits plays three intrigue cards in a row on me. (laughs) When I'm in last place and I'm like... Clearly not gonna like do come anything, back. You know yeah. what I mean, type of thing. That's obnoxious. Yeah. But okay. That's, that's an a effective, player problem, yeah. not a game problem. Yeah. I wouldn't happily pick if you forced me. I would pick Water Deep. <laughs> I'm not thrilled. <laughs> so if that wraps up our review of Dinogenics, yeah, let's get on to the next one here. We can now move on to our review of Clank in Space. Clank in Space was designed by Paul Denon and published by Renegade Game Studios in 2017. It plays two to four players in 60 minutes. 
Clank in Space is a deck-building game where players are trying to steal from the evil Lord Eraticus, who has recently conquered the galaxy. The player who reaches the cargo bay or an escape pod and has the most victory points at game end is the winner. During the game, players will be using cards in their hand, which will give them up to three different resources. Skill is used to purchase new cards to add to their deck to use on later turns. Boots are used to move around the spaceship, and swords are used to defeat the henchmen and goons of Lord Eraticus. <laughs> the game end will trigger once a player collects an artifact and escapes the ship via an escape pod. The game will continue with a countdown until the end of the game. If you have an artifact and at least reach the cargo bay, you will add up your points at game end, and the thief with the most is the winner. So how do you feel about the production quality? It's good. Solid. Yeah. Not over-the-top great, but definitely solid. Everything's uh, thick cardboard, you know, all the chits and stuff. The cards, I mean, you got them sleeved, so they feel good to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's definitely above average. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The um, Real solid. I didn't look at it too close, but the modular board. Yeah. That's kind of cool. You can kind of move stuff around. Now, when you set it up, is there a specific way that you can set it up, or can you just do it 100% random? You can time? do it 100% random. Uh, there is, in the rulebook, a uh, beginning yep. startup one, you know, a starting setup for first-time players, that kind of thing. And then if you use, like, the expansion or something, you you, you have to include one of the modules from the expansion if you're playing in there. Okay. So, but, yeah, that's, I mean, as far as production quality, that's awesome because, mm-hmm. you know, you could play this game ten times and never play the same game. You could have different yeah different tiles and different spots and, you know, all that jazz. Yeah, because each section of the mm-hmm. board that, you know, the modular pieces, they're flip-sided too, so it upset replayability and it gives you more options on the board. Yeah. Makes it might might make it more challenging to move around, or for newer players, you might want to add one that gives you a bunch of health. I like the uh, the cards, the card art. They're yeah. fun to look at, fun and funny to read, you know, all the little spoops from different yeah. space shows and movies yep. and stuff yep. like that. So that's... That's really right up my, you know, wheelhouse. Right I love up, right up your wheelhouse. Yeah, right, just rolling right up. It's just, <laughs> We're gonna be here till eleven. <laughs> but uh, you know, in general, space is my favorite theme in movies and books and games. So you know, if they're doing spoofs on all these movies that I like, you know, I I get a kick out of that. Right. Yeah, components are fine. The one thing I would complain about the modular board is some of them fit too snugly. Yeah, I always <laughs> like I like start when we are tearing down. I always start doing it. I'm like, I'm gonna let you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to be the one that like kind of rips them. Over, right. It's, it's his game. Yeah, he can pull it apart. I feel like if the more you play it, the more likely it is that they're gonna start yeah. tearing up on the edges. <laughs> And Tim, I guess you kind of talked about it with the space stuff, but the theme, how is it for you? It's it's good. Um, you know, the the cards are what really bring it out. Do I feel like I'm running through a ship stealing goods? Kind of, but not super heavy on mm-hmm. the theme. You know, it's, it's there, but it's not super there. Um, for me, it's a deck building game but it feels more thematic 
than I think it would. Like, you know what I mean? Because you're running around, you're killing. So, if you're one of the bad guys, not Lord Eradicus, would you rather be considered a crony, henchman, lackey, or goon? Like, what name? Like, what would you <laughs> rather go by? What were the options? So you got goon, yep. crony, lackey, and henchman. And henchman all day. What about peon? It doesn't sound tough enough. Or pawn. Still henchman. Because goon, <laughs> you just sound like a... I know, the henchman sounds the toughest, and, like, do you think, like, they have an identity crisis if someone else calls them, like, a lackey, and they want to know as a henchman? <laughs> yeah, they get upset about it. Yeah. You know, if, yeah, probably. Because yeah. you want to be known as a henchman, like... Yeah. Right. Okay. But, well, but they're goons. <laughs> <laughs> but goons just sounds like... Almost degrading, like you're just putting them down. Yeah. You know? See, I like crony. Crony would be my number you're two. kind of like the jokester guy, you know? But yeah, anyways, that's besides <laughs> the point. It, it does feel uh, actually pretty, not like I'm really into the theme, yeah. really immersed in it, but for a deck building game, I'm into it more than I would normally be. Because mm-hmm. you are moving around, you're stealing his stuff, you're killing his henchmen or cronies. Yep. So... And despite what Tim thinks, it is a deck-building game. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The theme for me is less about how immersed I feel in, in, into it and more so how the art brings it out. You know? Uh, on the cards. On the stuff, cards, yeah. yep. And so for that, for me, the theme is strong. But no, it's not entirely immersive or anything like that. I would agree. So how do you feel about gameplay? I like it. Um, I think it hits that audience that's looking for a deck builder, a little more game to it, a little more going on, you know. So if you like deck building games, but you just wanted a little bit more, this has, you know, you're moving around on the board, you have multiple currencies to spend. I really like that, that you have basically three things you're spending on your turns. Mm -hmm. You know, you got your skills, which buys cards, which scores you points, gives you better cards to use later in the game. Um, you got the movement, which helps you run around the ship and collect money or collect different artifacts or different uh, different things to score your points or just do different things throughout the game. And then you have the swords, which is basically your combat, which is to kill some of those cronies right. or henchmen, which is useful. Um, I like, too, um, when you're... You gotta place your basically what are those your data cubes? Yeah. You gotta place yeah. those out before you can run up and grab one of those artifacts and get out. So yeah. Yeah, it helps so somebody doesn't just run and grab one and get out. Yeah. It kind of it helps progress the game a little longer. Yeah. In mm-hmm. a sense. I like uh, a little bit more with the expansion. Basically, the black cubes that you draw out of the bag. So you, everyone's gonna create clank or noise or things like that and then they put those cubes and when the lord eradicus attacks all the cubes are going to go in the bag you're going to draw them out and you might take wounds if your color is drawn and what the black cubes do which is uh eradicus's cubes normally they do nothing but then the expansion they add little things that they do like oh if this row fills up with five of them something bad might happen but you can spend some influence to, say, take a black cube, which gives you a point at the end of the game, or you can spend that on some of those cards you might buy to get five 
coins, credits, you know, different things like that that they let you to do, which I thought was a nice addition. Yeah. Which gave those cubes a point to them more, you know, just a little something they added. Right. It's expansion called Apocalypse. Apocalypse. So I've only played with the Expo- Apocalypse expansion. So I didn't see that where the black cubes, but I think you, play, you played uh, base clank though, so you knew when you draw the black cubes out, they just happens. do nothing. Yeah, that's all it is. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> so when those cubes were there, I don't think I ever. Yeah, I don't think you did anything with them. I, I didn't do anything with them. So I guess the expansion for me, at least, because I didn't actively purchase them, I didn't see. The only thing it did was at times it. Um, depending on which part of the module or expansion was out there, it would affect the ship differently. So I think a few times it would wipe out all of the the med packs, the from med the, packs, yeah. or, and then I think another one it wiped out all the keys or something. You yeah. Know? So that was the only thing that I really saw with the expansion, except for the extra cards in the deck. Yeah. So it's there, but not ton there. But as far as moving in, you're grabbing a bunch of stuff, you're putting your data cubes down, you're grabbing an artifact, you're trying to get out. I like that. I like moving around the ship. One thing I did notice, in the two games that we played, the three of us, and I'm curious if it happens. So the person that won the game was the person that triggered the end. You know what I mean? They got out first. Typically, it's actually not, especially in, like, you know, we've played the other Clank, at least from my experience, the other Clank game, the person who goes, leaves the ship first, never wins, because these other people can take their time, take so much time getting more cards, getting more points, so... In Clank in space, or the... In just, regular Clank. I what, think, what about Clank I think in space? typically, Aaron can attest to it more, he's played it more, but I would think it's... The same in Clank and Space. I got lucky because you guys got wounded so bad in that first one. Yeah, yeah. It was just crazy. Like, that was just an anomaly. Yeah. The second one, everything pretty much worked perfect for me. I was able to get a card, and then every black cube, I got like that... uh, the thing that scored me five, every card I got gave me five points. I can't remember what those are called. Oh, those oh, are the um, memory cores? The yeah, memory, yeah. I kept getting memory cores, which is so I had a lot of points built up. Mm-hmm. And I went in there so fast and got out so fast. Yeah. So I scored actually a lot of points before. So that was like a perfect storm type thing. Yeah. And I still barely beat you. Yeah, because I, I was able to get out. And if I would have not gotten killed and if, if i would have gotten onto the escape pod i would have yeah and but I, i'm pretty sure aaron you had died right? oh yeah i you got slaughtered okay. yeah <laughs> so that was like i don't think i could have played that really any better than i did or got luckier than i did okay and i mm-hmm. still i barely let the skin of my teeth beat yeah me, so. right okay yeah you know i think with more plays i probably wouldn't see that but i think with the you know the plays that i did play that you know, it, it was one thing that I had noticed. That, And is it a bad thing? No. I don't think it's a bad thing because it does give you that tension. Mm-hmm. As soon as you see someone zipping out and trying to get to the exit, you're trying to do the same thing. And, you know, there were a few times where I needed two movement, but I could only draw one. Yep. So I couldn't get out of my spot. And I know that hurt you quite a bit in that second game that we played. Yeah, that, that can be infuriating. You're just like, 
I, yeah. Yep. Um, uh. <laughs> you, you know you have the cards in that deck, and you just cannot put the right combo together. But, Ryan, to your point, when you do put those cards together, and they do play in your hand, you could put them out, and they work perfectly for where you can get out. You can fight these goons as you're running by them. And get to that escape pod. You know it's it's really rewarding, and it's mm-hmm. yeah. You can you can build some good combos. Like if you, if you draw the right cards in your hand at the right time, yep. it's pretty satisfying. And I, I do like how some of the cards kind of piggyback off each other in a sense. So the factions. Yep, the factions. Yeah, so if the you have colored ones. Yep. So if you have like the green faction, and you played a second green faction, you can trigger that faction ability, and you know that kind of yep. boost you. You up. definitely want to. You want to hone in on one faction or maybe two of them, but yeah. you want to you want to get a, the same faction so the higher chance of triggering each other. Yeah, right. That is one. I mean, going back to your point earlier, that is one problem I have with Clank. I don't like is it seemed like almost whoever would left first never won. Yeah, because it's and it was like, but and t- you don't want to exit first because you're thinking, well, these guys are going to have all this time to get more points while I'm sitting there. Right, and then they get out anyways and get that. 20. I think the first person who leaves should get like more points, and it gets progressively less points to whoever leaves after that. Yeah. Oh, like the escape pods tick down kind of but, thing? Yeah. I, I wonder, though... Oh, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. They keep like just launching off without you. But, or if it's like more turns that you don't get into it, you get less points for getting into it. Something sure. Like I, that. I almost wonder if they didn't do that in regular Clank, because it if... You're the first person to get out, and you score more points. It almost encourages people to get get in and get out, get something as fast but, as they can. And but get there's out. that thing of, well, I don't want to be the first one to get out. Like everyone's kind of playing that waiting game. Like, well, who's going to be the sucker that leaves first? So <laughs> right. everyone's just running right. around all you're, game. You're just... close to each other, and where you yeah. can strike. Yeah. So, I wish I played regular Clank recently, so I can compare them a little better. But you know, it's you know, it is what it is. I guess. Mm-hmm. So I'll talk a little bit more here before Aaron, you know, you kind of give your, I mean, it's your favorite game, so you got to give your full Schmitty rundown. I, I'm really curious if it's still, after he put up with us, <laughs> and it, <laughs> and if it, it, like, tanked a little he bit. He did lose both games. He did. Badly. Uh, he uh, saw me victorious. <laughs> <laughs> he just, it plummets. <laughs> yeah, I rate this game a two. <laughs> um, I definitely think... I talked about this before, but it's at its best when it's at lower player counts, like three. I liked it way better than four. Okay. I don't think I'd be I'd play it at two, but I think this is best at three for me. And then especially when people are, it's your turn, bing, 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 you're taking your turn, next person's going right away. Yeah, you can't. Super, super fast. But I, I think that's for almost any deck. Yeah, it is. It, I mean, the beauty in those Definitely. are you you play your cards. Yep. And you're gone. Play your cards, get your combos, do your stuff. Next guy's going. Yeah, you know, you just it goes fast around the table. Yeah, I could see someone kind of hurting the game if they're taking too long and they're trying to, you know. I mean, sometimes you got a lot to think about if you're draw a card, draw a card, draw a card on your turn. Yeah. Sometimes you get a big hand and it takes a while, but when someone's doing it off of a base hand, that and they're doing it every turn. Yeah, like you that get, can be hindering. You get those ones once in a while where you end up drawing up to like eleven cards, and you gotta make sure all your combos are right. I understand that, but yeah. generally it's like, okay, four skill, one movement, buy this card, move, done. Boom. Right. I gotta say though, 
when you get those hands and you could draw like 11 good. cards, it feels good. And then you know everyone's watching you. Yep. And they're just getting irritated, like, ah, oh, I could draw another card. Yep. Uh. This guy's taking forever. <laughs> and you're sitting there with a big evil grin. Yep. I'm not sure what I like more is the pain for you guys having to wait as I draw more cards or the satisfaction of just drawing another card. <laughs> and then you end up just drawing a stumble and you put another clank on yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's that happened to me like five times last game we played. <laughs> like, draw a card, <laughs> stumble, great. <laughs> so I suppose we should say, too, um, when you go in, you got to get an artifact before you can even leave the sh- you got to put your data cubes down, then you can grab an artifact, and then mm-hmm. you can leave. And in order to win the game, you have to either escape or get to the cargo bay area, which is like an earlier part of the board. Yeah. If you're farther back than that, when you die, you don't even get to add your points. You just auto-lose. Yeah. Right. The the theming behind that is there's, like your buddies will come and drag your body into the escape pod. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're not going. But you don't score the escape pod. Correct. Yeah. What else you got to say about... What do you got, Aaron? Yeah, your, let's hear this it. This is your big hitter. Let's hear it. Let loose. We, we laid it all out. <laughs> we well, talked what, about we all did. What makes this your number one... The first question, yeah. though, is it still your number one game? <laughs> it has dropped by a quarter of a rating. <laughs> so I'm going to so assume it's, it, it's, it still is number one or very close. It's going to be close. But I've been playing a lot more games recently <clears throat> and a lot different games. And there have been some really big hitters lately, too, So that are contending. Okay. So you kind of... It's in there. You're just not sure what... Right. Positioning. Like, yeah. if I went back and did my top ten again, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know where it is. Exa- and that always exactly fluctuates, fall. too, like, what mood you're in yeah. at the time, what you feel, you know, feel like playing and stuff, or if you have yeah. a, a sour a sour play here or there, you know. Right. So what makes Clank and Space so good for you? I mean, everything that you guys said, I just like those things a little bit more, more than, than you, we, I think. Yeah, okay. You know, you that's, got that's you, you, yeah. you pointed out pretty much everything about gameplay, so it's yeah. and I agree with them. And there are some faults in the game. Um But it's not But it's not so faulted. Yeah, you know? and it's not a super serious game. Exactly. You know? It's a game It's not like a heavy Euro where exactly. I'm like doing You're everything. You're having fun playing it. Yeah. You want to play it fast. You're playing it. You can play it with uh, intro gamers. You know, someone who's hardly ever played any. Yeah, you know, you typically, yeah. Yep. Give her a little shout out there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the theme is great, and the gameplay is absolutely solid for a deck builder. But yeah, I would give this game a nine and a quarter. Your highest rating game is nine and a quarter. He's stingy. He is very stingy. <laughs> I'm waiting he, for that yeah. one game. I'm waiting just... to see what is that 10 for him. Yeah. So for me, this game is kind of like uh, spaghetti dinner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it fluctuates. You know, if I don't have, if I don't play it, if I don't have spaghetti dinner for a long time, I really like it. And if you add that garlic bread to it you know it enhances it that much more what's, that much what's the garlic bread is that the that's like the expansion okay. you know it's not crazy but i definitely want it in there you know it adds okay. a little bit more to it yeah. i'm not just eating the noodles the whole time <laughs> um but then if i play it too often or if i have spaghetti dinner too often 
the noodles might get a little mushy, you know. I just, <laughs> I just don't like it as much. I'm getting kind of sick of it type of thing. So it's like one of those, yeah. if I play it every so often, I'd probably give it an 8. But then when I play it too often or someone overcooks the noodles or they're taking too long in their turn or just kind of like that first play I feel like we had at 3 for you, Tim. Yeah. When you guys just both died real early and I won, it was kind of, that's yeah. kind of like one that's... Uh, just, that's just, a bad sauce. Yeah, yeah, a little funky sauce. <laughs> yeah. Like I had the, the breadsticks burn. I had like store brand <laughs> accidentally. When you were seasoning it with the garlic, the lid popped off. Yeah, <laughs> stuff. That's kind of yeah. Okay. So it fluctuates. I like my spaghetti dinner every so often, just like I like my clanking space. That's, <laughs> and I would say I like clanking space just a little bit more than clank. They're real close. Okay. I like certain things about Clank better. Like I like that it's a little bit faster, mm-hmm. but they're they're real close for me. I don't know how to say this. I don't have a good analogy for it. I mean, I didn't have a good one either. No, that he just went with it. <laughs> but after we played, I don't I don't know why, but after we played those two games, for whatever reason, my thought was, I thought I was gonna like it better. I don't know why, and maybe it was... The first one we had was a weird thing. Because just, we died so... Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was like an anomaly, <laughs> just an odd... Yeah. And, I, and I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. But going in, I thought I was going to like it a lot more than you, what I did. You have too much makes... faith in my opinion. <laughs> no, you know, I know that's not it. I know <laughs> for sure that's not it. No, I don't know. But I still liked it quite a bit, if that makes sense at all. Mm-hmm. And that was, I guess, my takeaway. But my rating of it, I rated it an 8. So I still liked it quite a bit. You liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked it a lot. But I thought I was going to like it a lot more, okay. if that makes sense. It's, no. it's, yeah, it it's like a weird, you know. So does this hit your top 10 deck building games? Honestly, it would be like probably like 5 or so. Yeah. And I thought after I thought before I played it, I thought it would be a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you if prefer, that, Clank or Clank in Space? Uh, it's been a while. It's, since it's been so Clank. long since I played Clank, so I would I would have to say Clank in Space because of the theme. And you know they, I know the base Clank, regular Clank has a lot of expansions now, mm-hmm. so the board would change up. I don't know. I haven't seen any of those. How many? I know. The Apocalypse expansion you have. Are there other expansions for? That's, that's the only one so far. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure they'll make. They'll probably. They probably will. There's like three so. or so for the original Clank. At least there's the Underwater. There's the Mummy. There's the Golden Silk. Yeah. We're probably missing one. So yeah, that's my take on it. So if that wraps up our review of Clank in Space, that means it's time for. Our top 10 area control games. Let's do it. And Tim's getting all I am, pumped. Yeah. I am so excited. I, You got Timmy Swall over here. <laughs> this is my favorite top 10. Well, besides my top 10 games of all time. Right. Which you can listen to in episode one. So this is but your bread and butter. This is, when I put this list together, all of these games were like, yep. So you don't <laughs> like interaction in games except for area control, and then you really like it in that. Yeah, it's true. You're an odd duck. No, it's... 
I, you like know, you said it before. It's the interaction in a Euro game. Yeah, it's like a take that. Yeah, the ones that are like the take that, or you know, when I have a strategy going for my Euro games, like I am like zoned in, I'm ready to go. So you don't, and then I get screwed with, and it kills me, and so then you, I just you get should probably pay a little attention to people around you a little bit. But when I play those Euro games, I want to just be locked in. It's it's my strategy. I'm going yeah. for it. All right, I'm just. But we're here to talk about area control games. <laughs> yep. So, so this is like your favorite thing, and Aaron, you're. It's one of my least favorite categories. Yeah. But I was surprised when I was kind of going through my list. I'm like, oh, that's actually a good game. That's a good game. I like that one too. So I, it was kind of surprised me when I went through my list. I'm thinking of hmm. other games that I've played that I just wasn't a big fan of. But there's so many more that I just kind of forgot about. Mm-hmm. So you do like this category a lot. Uh, he likes it more than he thought. Like There's a lot of good game, real good games in the category, but overall, I don't think he's a huge... Right. It doesn't draw a man when he hears area control. Okay. Right. So, to that point, did we talk about what is an area control game? I don't know, Tim. What is it? It's when you control an area. <laughs> yeah, there could be like a map on the board. Like, say you look at the uh, United States, and there's various ways of doing it, but there could be whoever has the most cubes in a certain state gets yep. points for that. Or you have a battle, and one of them fights the other one out. Mm-hmm. It's different. And a lot of times you're going to score points or get bonuses when you control those regions or yeah. areas, whatever. I just remembered one that should have been on here. Well, put it on there. <laughs> Slide the right this way. Okay. He's starting to really like this list. <laughs> I made a light bulb go off in his head, apparently. Cubes. Yep. Dominant. Nope, that was, okay. oh, that was on there. No, I, <laughs> I, bet I, mean, I, I bet I can guess what it was. It was on your top ten thematic games with cubes. I'm thinking it's no. uh, in the United States. Vikings. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd be shocked if that's on there. Well, I rated that like a five. I know that's not on there. <laughs> he hates it. <laughs> All right, well, we can get to the, talk about that. Ryan, why don't you start us off? So I did not include Viticulture with the Tuscany map because that does have a tiny bit of area control. Oh, it does, yeah. I I didn't even consider that. Yeah, I I was going to be a tool and just throw it in there. (laughs) All right, so my number 10 is a theme that Aaron is very high on, and that is an Egyptian theme. Uh, And the game is Kemet. Oh, yeah, okay. Um... The part I like the best is buying those uh, upgrade tiles. Oh, absolutely. And getting those special powers. I really, really, really like that. And you can play it differently each game. You get different stuff. It's just really fun thinking, oh, I want that combo with this. I have that special ability. I get that monster, you know? Yeah. I really like, you know, you can kind of focus towards, like, blue and white. You know, they they play differently. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the red is more attack, the blue is more defense, yeah, and, and the white is... It's just kind of various... You might get more prayer points. Which, right, right. It, yeah. So you're kind of gaining these prayer points, which is like your uh, action points, basically, or the resource you're spending to take actions. Um, You're gathering these troops, you're trying to take control of temples to score points. Every time you attack and win a battle, you get a victory point. 
Um, mm-hmm. There's special abilities, you know, that can change things where you can win one defensively. But it promotes attacking and not turtling in the game. Yeah. Um, if you control two different temples, you're going to score a point. And you have a temporary point for controlling a temple. So it's a lot of cool little things in it. And everyone's always the same number of spaces away. Yeah, the whole yeah. I like that yeah. a lot. So, and I like warping from, like, the uh, obelisks and stuff yeah. like that. It's just a lot of really cool things. The one thing I'll say that I don't like is you can really kingmake at the end. And the one time it happened on accident, I remember, <laughs> I think it was my brother Michael, and it might have been, it was you or your brother Jack, where basically oh, yeah. I was going to, yep. my last action was to move an attack. And I was going to win the battle against yeah. whoever I fought against. And whichever one I attacked, the other guy was going to win the game. So that was kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. deciding the winner. So that was kind of a downfall. How, how often have you seen that happen? I can't imagine that happens much. But yeah. but it, So it, I guess the point is that it can happen, but maybe yeah. not that often. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like... We talked about. I really like buying those upgrade power tiles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's my number ten, uh, Kemet. Cool, good pick. That is a good pick. My number ten. It is a game we've played a good amount of it recently. That would be Ethnos. So in Ethnos, it's um, you you have these fantasy races, and you're collecting sets of them and then you're playing them to kind of work towards your area control all the different races that give you different special abilities so when you play those races you end up clearing your hand of cards yeah so you're going to play um let's say you play four halflings you're going to use their special ability you pick one of them to be your band leader yep. so you either pick the same race or you pick the same region color yep and then you pick one of those to be the band leader, and then you carry out that special ability. Yep. So then, yeah, then each each race has their special ability, and then you, and then this is where the area control comes in. So depending on what race you put down, and you're gonna put your little token that stack up in yep. a region, and then each region. <coughs> yeah, there's three ages. Yep. And then at the end of each age, you're gonna score victory points depending on. Who has area control of those regions? So yep. it yeah. it plays pretty quick. Oh yeah, from what we've we've seen, uh, but just really bizarre look to it. I would say I don't know if that's the right. I like the card art. I don't think the card art fits the tokens or the board art. At yeah, all. right. Um, I like the scoring. Basically, you're scoring for. Each region area control, and you're scoring uh, like the sets of your bands, how big your band is at the end of each age. And it's three different ages. Yeah. You score at the end of each one, whoever has the most wins. But yeah, I like the different um, races and then the powers that they give you, and you're not going to use them all each game. Yeah. <clears throat> I've only played it the once, but I did enjoy it. I think the map should be a little bigger, would be my criticism. Yeah. 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 But otherwise, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Fairly got bumped off my number ten spot. Really? Yeah. And we we found out one game night if it's a pick between Istanbul and Ethnos, people <laughs> are going for Ethnos. <laughs> yep. 
Because some of us found that out the hard way. We had a standoff, like, <laughs> everyone was like, oh, Istanbul's fun, but I'd rather play Ethnos right now. Yeah. It was kind of one of those newer games that we had, and we played yeah. it a couple times before that, but I, I would still say that. Even, I would still even, pick Ethnos. Yeah, even, even though we played Ethnos quite a bit now, mm-hmm. I would still pick it over Istanbul. Which is a weird comparison, but it's funny that it, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was just one of those things that came up on those game days because we split, and then I was like, we had to basically fight over who was playing which game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, so that's my number 10, Ethnos. All right, so my number 10 is definitely an older game, and it's simplistic, and it, but takes some good thought, and that is El Grande. Oh. And, you know, I almost forgot about this one. Because oh, oh, it's been so you... long since we played, but it, it was satisfying. I think we played it a couple of times, like two two nights in a row or something <laughs> like that. We played it at Origins. Yeah. Yep. Um, it was on my honorable mention, and I think it would probably make my list if one of us owned it and we played it a little bit more. Yeah. It would definitely be in my top ten, because I really did like it. It's like a really nice Euro-y kind of area yeah. control game. That, basic area control. But yeah. Yeah. It gives you enough to think about, and but it's still simple enough. Yeah. You're just putting cubes out on the map. You're kind of manipulating them with card play and where the king goes, and then there's the mm-hmm. little tower you're putting your cubes in, and you're scoring majority in there, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Solid game. Ugly, but good. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the first area control ones as far as yep. traditional area control type game goes. Yeah, that's cool. But like you said, it's been so long since we played. Yeah. And, you know, we haven't played since. So. But it really made an impression on me yeah. when I did play it. So my number nine was mentioned earlier in the episode by Aaron. And he was talking about big, expensive games. <laughs> and, that is, <laughs> and that is Cthulhu Wars. Ah. Despite the theme, I really enjoy this game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the miniature, this is, the production quality is just ridiculous. Yeah, I don't even know how you even talk about that. I mean, it's basically a weapon when it's in your hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone flips the table, you better dive out of the way. It, <laughs> you imagine stepping on that thing in the middle of the night or something? If someone breaks in my house, that's my personal protective. You go <laughs> yeah. yep. Here comes uh, Hester right at your head. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's just off the charts, but... Uh, it's reminiscent of a game that's going to be later on my list. Oh. Um, yep. So I really enjoy how you spend the power or whatever the income of the game is, kind of like the prayer points in Kemet. You're spending those to take different actions. I really enjoy that because you're, you, it's kind of that tension of, uh, I'm going to spend little bits of amount because I want everyone else to run out of power before I do like my big move or you know that type of thing. Yeah, I like how you can call out the old ones and the combat in it, and you're trying to control the gates to basically score your points. You're basically putting, trying to complete different little objectives to get your books out on your, uh, your player board there to basically call out your old one. Yep. Right? Yep. Because you need. You have to complete all of your uh, prayer books, if that's what they call them. You have to complete them all, all six of them, I believe, before yeah. you can win the game. Okay. Because you can trigger the end of the game, in it, but if you don't have all your books, you can't win. So, yeah, my number nine is uh, Cthulhu Wars, and that'll show you, Tim, that 
even though I don't like the theme, I'll try anything, and I can enjoy it. Yeah, I wasn't planning <laughs> for that, but he, does, he doesn't feel like a great old one after this. I, I, had, no, a, I no. had a think if I... Had I do a, enjoy this one a lot. <laughs> I had to think to see if I had attacked him at some point about that, why he was calling me out, but no. No, no there was no reason. The okay. Was just... okay. So my number nine, it's a area control game, but it does not have a ton of interaction. And it can sometimes hurt you if you interact with somebody. It has amazing art, great components. That's Isn't that kind of like life? You interact with somebody, you can get hurt? <laughs> it's a little life lesson for you. <laughs> I would not consider this <laughs> the game of life. <laughs> no, uh, this game is called Scythe. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's a weird one. I... I totally agree with you, and it probably would have made like my top ten here. Mm-hmm. But for me, that's my least favorite part of the game is the area control. Well, well or the, the interaction. combat. Yeah, the combat of it. Yeah. Yeah. See, I wasn't looking at the combat. Yeah. I was because the certain regions you take over, you can harvest from those regions. Yeah. And you know, even depending on how many workers you have in that region, you you know harvest that much stuff. And the interesting thing, too, is you don't... So if I get a bunch of grain, I leave it on the board. And I can move it within my own region. I like that a lot. So there's a chance somebody could move into my area, take out my guys, and then take all of my grain or all my wood or whatever. You know, The what I mean? fun part, I think, of that is you got like a region that has... And I like how they do that. You produce and it goes right on the tile. Yep. Yeah, you just stack you stack the workers on there, and then you tell somebody, "Yeah, come at me, come and get them." Because <laughs> if they if they move in and chase your workers off, they lose reputation popularity, or popularity, yeah, which right. is a big thing in the game. Yeah. so you're basically yeah. like, "Oh yeah, go ahead, and lose five popularity." It's the end Take game multiplier, stuff. like it's a big yeah. deal. Yeah, I do. So, I do like the cold, like the tension, the Cold War tension of like the area control. Yeah, but yeah, it's it, it's an area control game, but it's a different style. Yeah. Which is, it, it's really cool, really unique. So that's my number nine site. Nice. So my number nine we have reviewed, and that is Rising Sun. Oh, your number and, nine. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so exciting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the components bring it up a lot for me. <laughs> you didn't hear Rising him? Sun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> The artwork and the minis and everything looks so so nice, and the different clans having their you know different little powers. Um, it's a, it, the more I play it, it creeps up like a tiny little bit, but I don't. I think it's capped. It's definitely got like a cap for me. Oh, you don't see it rising anymore. I don't <laughs> see <laughs> that sun rising. It's, it's kind of setting for me. Like the more I play, the less I like it. Okay. Really. <laughs> Every time I played, I I must have this thing. I don't mind runaway leaders in games, but like if it happens every time, and I don't know, I just. Every time we've played that one, you can tell who's going to win, like, halfway through the game. Yeah. that's yeah. We've talked about it in the review and whatnot. I do like it, but I thought I'd like it a little bit more than I ended up liking it. Yeah. So. Like I said, this is a 
a harder list for me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, some of the games you're putting on there are ones you're not crazy. Right. Once we get up higher, you know, I'll be a lot more. Just show more energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll show like I had five hours of sleep. <laughs> so my number eight is a company that Tim just goes bananas for. Um, he sauces over them. Gets a lot of their games. Doesn't play a lot of them. Um, it's one that we played maybe last year, early in the year, and then I think I know where you're going. With my this. brother ended up, Michael ended up picking it up. Oh yeah, because we both all liked it so much, and then we wanted to play it with our dad, and we played it a couple times with him. Um, and that is Triumph and Tragedy by GMT Games. That's where I was going with the whole, you get a lot of the games, you love them, you go ballistic for them, and you, you, a lot of them you haven't played. And I think there's two of them I haven't played, but I think I might have like seven or eight of them. Churchill you haven't played. Yeah, Churchill and Fire Lake. Yeah, you've got a lot of them. It feels like you have a lot of them. It might feel like it, but I, I really, I mean, com- you got a compared lot of to... You've got though, don't you? you got like Thunder Alley, Ugh. you got that. <laughs> oh, Desert Plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Desert Plane. Distant. Distant plane, yeah. And Thunder Alley and <laughs> Twilight Struggle. <clears throat> Anyways, so that's Triumph and Tragedy. It's a really good game. I, I'm i not crazy about like the battling part in it. It's okay in the area control. I do enjoy it. The My favorite part is the card play. You're basically using the cards to build technology, but the... You're also using them to get control of these different countries, and mm-hmm. that's the funnest part of the game for me. Is I play a card to get influence in Romania. Once I get like say three influence in there, if I have the three influence in there at the end of the round, I take control of it. But if someone else plays a Romania card, they cancel each other out, so I only have two influence there. I really yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so we're going around the table playing <clears throat> cards, and like you said, so you play Romania. And no one else does, you know, maybe, I'd have to look back, but I think if you have, like, one influence in there, you can you can use their abilities or however it works out. So each step, so if you have, like, one influence, you can do a certain thing. If you have two influence in there, yeah, you don't, you you don't quite there, control them. You but, get, like, the production or the population out yeah. there and stuff like that. So this is a World War II game. Yep. You're playing Russia, Germany, and the United States. Mm-hmm. And you can't actually go the whole game. Without going to war, I mean, you're you're gonna yeah but. you're you're gonna but yeah and then you know once you get three influence then they're basically on your side they're with whichever country you are and you know you can use their you can basically move into them if somebody moves into attack or just moves into them in general they have to declare war on you mm-hmm. um, but yeah that's really kind of cool I think if it's you're into World War Two you're into kind of war games but it's different. Kind of. Yeah. And three player only, if you got that option, I definitely say check this out. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm looking forward to playing it more. It's going to get better each time. Yeah. We've just played it, I think, the two times. Yeah, I've played it a couple more times. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm. The second time we played it, because you get more familiar with it. Yeah. It definitely gets better. Yep. So that is my number eight, Triumph and Tragedy. My number eight is. One game of a line of games, and I know Aaron's big on these, and that is 
<laughs> really? Is it the Making America series? It is one of the Making America series. So it's 1775. Yeah. And the reason I picked it, uh, it's close to 878 that we played, but I liked this one better mainly because of the theme. Hmm. I really like the Revolutionary War, that kind of thing. So that's that's why I would pick this. But you're basically, it's a kind of a team, or it is a team game. You have one side fighting the Rebellion, the other fi- the side fighting for England, and you're kind of playing your cards back and forth. You're playing movement cards, and then you're rolling your dice. Each faction's a little bit different with, with the type of dice they roll. Some factions flee more, some of them hit more, they're better trained. Uh, so it's kind of a cool little back and forth. So that's, uh, that's my number eight. Yeah, it's a bad pick. <laughs> <laughs> don't like them, huh? I'm just, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I like them a lot. I want to hear it. <laughs> well, I definitely agree that I enjoy the revolutionary theme, revolutionary war theme better. I'm not big on war games in the first place, though. I don't know what it is. I think it's the card play in the game that I'm not too big on with, like, the treaty, and I feel like... Oftentimes it gets, we you know, you both have to play the treaty to uh, trigger the end. But in that last turn, they could the other team could get a card that, like, shifts them just over, which probably feels satisfying for them. <laughs> I've never had that satisfaction. <laughs> and every time, I just, it just feels that way for me. Have you ever won this game? Nope. Neither so, version. 878 I'll tell you about the last time we played. <laughs> I do like both of them. I like 878 Vikings a little bit more because the f- each side plays differently. We're 1775. You're playing the same game on both sides. Mm-hmm. So I like in Vikings, when you're England, you're playing more defensive. And when you're the Vikings, you're more attacking and offensive. And they, they play a little different than compared to the other game. But the last one we played, me and Aaron, so the one Viking leader... You bring out a Viking leader, and he gives you a certain amount of reinforcements. So throughout the game, we drew the guy that gave us like way lower than all the rest of them. Yep. Uh, the one guy, one of the guys who we didn't draw, gave us like way more than all the others. So that went against us. Um, we each had a card that we just couldn't play. Yeah, they were regionally based. Yep. The, the oh, one I had okay. did literally nothing. Aaron's was absolutely worthless too. And on the last turn. They drew a card that let them just take over a region, and that's why they end up winning the game. Yep. So okay. it was real, real annoying, obnoxious, <laughs> and luck-driven. Luck, yeah, luck-driven. Com- like, completely luck. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I spent way too much time playing it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I haven't I haven't run into that problem where... Oh, we ran into it. It's Yeah, and, uh, you know, <laughs> there's... like hitting a... Uh, head first. Yeah, but yeah. from what I've seen... You know, the deck of cards isn't very big, so I haven't seen a ton of that luck where it's screwed me over or, you know, maybe it was just kind of a perfect storm. I wouldn't mind it so much. Like, it was the fact that, okay, we draw our worst Viking leader, we never drew our best one. Okay. Yeah. The, The thing that was annoying, though, is we had two cards that did nothing the whole game. Mm hmm. And then they draw a card that literally allowed them to win. Right. So yeah. Like, oh, I, great. Yeah. I can see that being frustrating. I wasn't in that game, so maybe that's... But, um, you know, the other point that I like about it, it, at least for me, the plays that I've had, 
they don't take too long. Yeah. So that's, you know. I feel for me, I mean, with all this complaining I'm doing, that being said, <laughs> I do really like them. I enjoy, I'm not crazy about them. I, they're not on my list, but I do like them. Mm-hmm. I feel like they take too long for what they are because it's a real simple area control movement. Yeah. I wish it was a little bit faster. Yeah. I think it's more player problems where we're all taking too long to think about where to move and stuff on our turns. That's more us, not the game. But I think it just it takes a little half an hour longer than what I'd like it to take. Yeah, okay. I mean halfway through the game for me, I'm just like I don't care, move forever. Yeah. <laughs> but that means I do still enjoy it and I yeah. like it. Okay. Well, that's my number eight. <laughs> <laughs> What's is that your number eight then, Aaron? Do I just move on yeah. to my seven? Then? <laughs> All right. So my number eight is Porta Nigra. Um, the area control works differently because it is based on the buildings that you're placing out in these four different quadrants or you're putting building blocks to these buildings which are the quadrants but you're going around you're collecting buying bricks from the market uh different colored bricks and you're controlling basically columns uh by having majority in those columns of these buildings the more bricks you place the higher value they are mm. in like Porta Nigra, that building itself. Um, it's kind of cool. The actions you take are based on a couple of cards in your hand. Every turn you have two cards and you can spend as many actions. You're spending actions on these cards based on how many torches are at the bottom. Uh, but you can get more torches to, you know, do more actions on your card as you go. Mm. And I like the end game scoring which is that area control aspect and you can kind of block each other out too it's hard to really pick on someone in the game though you can't oh i built the reds here because he's going for reds it's pretty hard to do that yeah it was just a different game and i enjoyed it yeah it was the one play i had i liked it quite a bit um the thing i liked the most about it was the the cards the cards dictate your actions. Yeah. And then depending on how many torches are on the bottom of the card, that's how many actions you can take on the card. So it was kind of a cool twist on that. And, yeah, it was good. Yeah, and I mean, and there's there's a good bit more to the game. You know, you're doing some set collecting based off of the region you build in and what color of brick you build in. And you're spending influence token, the little scroll tokens to buy other cards that help you out. And So it's got a lot going on in it, but it was cool. No, I haven't played it, and I really want to. Um, now, Tim, was he was kind of looking at you. It sounded like he was trying to justify He was. I could there. tell he was. Was he grasping at straws, or are you letting it slide? When he... Because <laughs> he's looking at you the whole time. He's explaining the area control. Like, this is legit. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even trying to do I, that. I, I picked it up, too. So, my initial thought was, no, it's not. But you're right. It is. He had like a page long thing about how it was. Eric yeah, it's it's yep, it's totally. in there, but it's kind of light because it's you where you build your towers, and then at the end of the game you can score the balls where you have those towers when you put your Romans on. So it's it's there. I didn't think of it, or even when you when you first said that this was your pick, I had to think about it. You're like, what is he talking about? Yeah, until you, <laughs> you brought up that scoring at the end, but yeah, you're, it is. Yeah. Alright, so my number seven is by Ares Games. It's a two-player only game, and that is Battle of the Five Armies. Oh. Now, 
that uses a similar dice mechanic system as War of the Ring, where you roll your dice and they'll show you the different actions that you can take. In this one, the free people, so this is based off of the book, Hobbit, and so this one, the free people basically are really weak in the beginning, and the longer the game goes, the more powerful they get. They get more uh, powerful characters, and things like that, and the Shadow Army wants to kind of bull rush in, and take over the number of regions that they need to to win the game to get a certain amount of points. Hmm. I like the dice play in this. I like the cards. I like the combat in this one a lot. So when you're fighting, you're basically picking one of your troops in that combat and using their special ability. And then also you're taking damage. And once you get basically... let's I think how it works is let's say I have five figures... If I I can have five damage tokens, but once I get a fifth damage token or a sixth damage token, I think more than the number of figures. I think I remove two damage and one figure or something like that. Or if it's equal or more than you remove two damage for every figure, something along those lines. Yeah, there's a bunch of different right. troop types. They all have different abilities. The cards you can use for combat or um, a special basically effect during the game. Different things like that. So I like it's uh. A little faster than War of the Ring, and it's a lot different than you'd actually think. And the combat, there's a lot more to it. That's the main aspect of the game. And I like the combat. It's nothing like I've ever seen before. Yeah, and you know, like you said, it's it's quite different from War of the Ring. It it does just focus on the one battle, uh, which is cool. Yeah, I don't know. It it almost gives you the feel of War of the Ring in a sense, but not quite. It's not grandiose. Yeah, it's not yeah, that big whole story thing, but yeah. Yeah, it's it uses a lot of the same mechanics. Yeah. It's got the feel of it, but yeah, I like the combat in it a lot though. I, I yeah. don't know what it is about that. It's a lot of fun managing that damage tokens and when you start removing them and I don't know, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But So yeah, that's my number seven is Battle of the Five Armies. So when that game come out, do you know off the top of your head? Is it kind of three, older? Yeah, three, four, three years ago, four years ago, maybe. Three sounds right. But so it's not terribly old. It's not that old. No, I just I think I've only heard of it from you. Yeah, it's I don't think not. I've seen yeah, anything about it? Yeah, it's not. Super, it came out during one second or third Hobbit movie. I can't remember. So it was like semi popular then. Oh, okay. Type of thing, but yeah, it's it's not. I don't even think it's in print anymore. Gotcha. Out of print. I'm not sure though. So, speaking of out of print games, that leads into my number seven. I'm sure you guys can guess. Yep. And it's similar to a game that was talked about earlier, and that would be Chaos in the Old World. Mm-hmm. So, in this game, you're playing different factions that are trying to blight and terrorize the countryside, and you're you're using your action points allowance. So each turn you get the power points, and depending on the action you take, you're using power points. You can play different, uh, what are those cards called? Power cards? Are they just power chaos. cards? Chaos cards. Chaos cards. So you're, you can play chaos cards in different regions that might affect something, or maybe they just do an event. Uh, you're spawning your figures on the board, you're battling, you're kind of going at it. And each faction plays vastly different 
to where one faction's going through and they're just trying to kill everyone, trying to score victory points, and other ones trying to blight the land and, you know, stuff like that. My only issue with the game is that if you play with somebody that doesn't know how to use their faction, they could let someone else kind of run away with it, in a, in a sense. So if you're playing corn, the faction that attacks a lot, if you're not attacking everyone or a certain player at a certain time, you could let, who is that, Nurgle kind of run yeah, away. Corn is kind of the... Uh... He's like the, like the equalizer in the game. Yeah. He's keeping everyone in check, basically, yep. so they're not running away with the game. And if they don't, that player doesn't know what they're doing, and they're not familiar with the game. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah, but that's a fairly minor thing because you know we don't see it too often. We our group's played it quite a bit now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I will admit I cheat a little bit on this number. Because I had Chaos slash Cthulhu Wars. Because to me, they play so close. Hmm. And, you know, the different, the biggest difference is those Chaos cards. Cthulhu Wars doesn't have the Chaos cards. They have those spell books that right. you can work through <laughs> and unlock and get special abilities that way. Um, but as far as spending power points and the area control on the map and scoring points that way, you know, they're, they're very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you were to force me to pick one, I would pick Chaos. I like it a little better than Cthulhu Wars, but that component quality in Cthulhu Wars mm-hmm. that oh yeah, it helps, you know. So Cthulhu Wars is like over the top good, grandiose and giant and then Chaos is it's an older game yeah. and that's just the opposite end of the spectrum where the the figures are kind of eh. Yeah, they're you know. they're fine. They're, they're not, fine, but, but they're not right. Cthulhu Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so, I would say, though, if if I'm in the mood to play one of these games, the game that I pick, it would depend where we're playing. If we're playing at your house, Ryan, because you own the game, I would pick Chaos. You don't want to haul all because the Cthulhu Wars. <laughs> exactly. I own Cthulhu Wars, and I do not want to haul 90 pounds of plastic <laughs> right, in yeah. my car to someone's house. So, if we're playing at my place, then... You know, if I'm in the mood to play one of these games, that's the one I would pick. So, that's my seven and seven and a half. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's my number six, so I'm just going to talk about it right here with you. Case oh, okay. In the old world. And like you said, there's a few things I like better about Chaos, but the biggest thing is those Chaos cards, and that is my... That Cthulhu Wars doesn't have. I do like the spell books. Yeah. But my favorite part in Chaos is those Chaos cards. They're so much fun reading them, and they're so interactive. It's it's like I have a smile on my face like every time I'm playing a card and I'm reading it and I'm like looking around the table like how I'm ratting everybody. You know, it's just I really enjoy that. And they are so vastly different like how each faction plays. And then I think our last game we played. It was the only time we've used it, but I have the Horned Rat expansion where it adds a fifth player, but then it has completely different chaos decks for each faction where they play completely, yeah, completely we, different. We, we haven't used those yet, have we? The last game we played. Oh, we did. Yeah, so we did just the one time. Because okay. I know Korn can really go nuts with victory point. It's just they play totally different. Okay. I like the rest of the, a lot of the rest of the game, and 
you, you get like you said, you got to know what other factions are going for to get dial clicks and things like that. Unfortunately, the game's out of print. It's probably not going to come back in print. You never know, but. And the biggest downfall for me, which it's not a huge thing, but you want to play this at 4, and if you have the expansion, you want to play it at 4 or 5. Anything less than that, you'd rather play Cthulhu Wars with 3. You're not going to want to play that with 2, but with 3, you're going to want yeah. to pick Cthulhu Wars. So yeah, the uh, area control comes in mostly with the figures on the board battling, but the domination of regions where you want to have your figures and the power cards to basically score victory points for dominating the region. And the reason I do like this one more than Cthulhu Wars is those chaos cards are really fun, and that's mm -hmm. the best part of the game for me. I 100% agree with that statement. <laughs> the, those those chaos cards are brilliant. Just just reading them and then playing them on the table is just a lot of fun. Doing and I like that. how they add to your power in the region and have all of that for control, yep. too. I really like that system, though. Blood. I mean, I don't know if anyone picking this later, but Blood Rage uses the same thing where you're spending... I think that game is called Rage, but you, you spend that power. You have that tension where everyone's going around. Yeah. Spending power, you know, you're kind of... Like in Chaos here, you play a card that costs you zero, zero power, so you're basically delaying your end-of-the-turn strategy and what you're doing. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Because you're always looking like, okay, I know his main big guy costs like five power. Yeah. And you're like, oh, is he going to use him now? Nope, he's at four power. He's not yep. gonna, you know. <laughs> it's always kind of a fun little right part of it. And when we play, we always uh, read the cards. <laughs> at least most people in our group <laughs> most, read the cards yeah. when we play them. Or if we, when you unlock a new special ability for one of your... Yeah. Uh, warrior, your types, your figures. You always read that special ability that they have. Because out of fairness, yeah. Except for one half of the wet bandits. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's wet bandit three one oh one. That's wet bandit law. <laughs> so that is my number seven and Ryan's number six. Correct. And my number five. <laughs> like uh, we'll just lump that together. <laughs> Everything you guys said, 100%. So back to my number seven. Yes. That is a game that we've already discussed as well, and that is Kemet. And we talked about buying those tiles that give you the different powers. That is just so cool to me. Mm -hmm. First time I played I was like, this is all right. And then I understood how to get better, you know, which upgrades to really go for. Mm -hmm. You know, it really shot up for me knowing those tiles. I like the. Uh, it's always fun getting that monster too. Yeah, and the, yeah. The wash on him looks really cool. Yeah, you got like you got like the little tiny guy riding the, uh, <laughs> the, the snake or the, yeah, just, yeah. They're on all like all of them. And I really like that the dice. You know, the D fours that are yeah. your little your yeah, buildings, pyramids, your pyramids, and you upgrade them, and that lets you buy the other tiles in yep. that color that's why you kind of really want to go for one or two colors mm -hmm. in the game um that's just that was a really cool little piece for me um my number six we talked about chaos in the old world so tim what do you got for us i want to hear it my number six i think you're gonna like it all right i'll give it to me okay uh and that <laughs> that game would be war of the ring i don't like it you don't like it at all <laughs> garbage pick okay so <laughs> 
in War of the Ring, you're ba- you're more or less playing through the Lord of the Rings books, and one player's the shadow player, the other player's the free people, and the the biggest part of the area control is that the free people are just trying to hold out hope. You always feel like you're just going to get steamrolled, and a lot of times you do. But you're basically you're kind of sitting in your stronghold. You're trying to hold your position and trying to get that ring dropped into Mount Doom, which is the other part of the game where you're secretly moving the Fellowship through Middle Earth into Mordor and trying to drop it in. And it's just so much tension. You know, I like the dice that will have your actions. The card play is a lot of fun where the top of the card gives you an ability or an action during the game. The bottom of the card gives you like a war battling effect. So during battle, you can play those cards and you don't have to and they throw things off. And that's all I got to say about it. Boy, let me tell you, I feel like the free people because I'm just holding on hope that one day I'll get to play that. <laughs> but I kind of lose in hope. <laughs> yeah, definitely be one... Uh... Well, we obviously have to get together, and then yeah. the two of us, and we'd need four hours. Like, yeah, we need learn some time. It. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, we actually, the other day, we, I think we, I don't know if we mentioned this or not, but we started setting up Twilight Struggle. <laughs> yeah, we, you mentioned it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then he didn't get to play it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, like 1960, <laughs> like, let's give it a go. All right, so my number six is a, a lot lighter of an area control game <clears throat> and you basically all have a, the same hand of cards uh, with different initiative orders and each of the cards does a different thing and you're trying to get your guys onto little spaceships and send them out to Mars. Oh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> and you know, where you go out on Mars, there will be different things. You know, you're collecting resources that are basically just different levels of victory points, and then people will be placing cards underneath different regions that may affect end game scoring. And you know, when you're playing the different cards, you could blow up a ship, you know, before it launches, and really mess with people that way. But it's a light enough game where it's not like everything I've worked towards, you know, but it does still have that little bit of interaction that it feels just fun, you know? Yeah, it's more of a, a funny, it's not like, oh, you ruined all my plans. My, right. It's, it's lighthearted game. Exactly. Did I completely miss it or did you not say that? And that game is Mission Red Planet. Yeah, that's a, it's a real solid one. It was definitely on my short list. I want to play it again. It's been a while since we played it. It has been, been a bit. I've been itching to play that because I really like the. You pick your different character to do your action, and then you can. I don't think you pick them back up, do you? You can. You can play one card. Oh, then. yeah, then it picks them up. But yeah, I like. I just. I like all parts of that game, and it's a lot of fun uh, when you time stuff right. Although sometimes when you got that. One person that lets you put three the on travel one ship, agent. yeah, then the ship is blows you can't up. fit that, or it blows up, or just yeah, because like, oh man, you yeah. know, I wasted my yeah, because yeah, you're playing last too, and so there's a ship with four, and then all of a sudden someone puts two on that ship that you were trying to get on. You're like, oh great, well that was wasted turn. Yeah. But it's was, it's lighthearted enough to yeah. you know. But that was one of the first games that you and I played, Aaron. I remember yep. that playing that quite a few times. Yep, definitely. 
Yeah, my the negative I have for that one is that at times, like when you're waiting to get your car your card called out, and then you can't trigger it because something's filled up or whatever. And that's to me, it, that's like a lot of the fun of the game is see, because it, it's so lighthearted. It is. It is lighthearted, <clears throat> but. When like you can't take your action, and everyone else is doing it, it, it throws it off a little bit. Okay, I see. That's one of the charming parts of that game for me, just because it plays another an hour, so it's like right. yeah, fun planning and hoping that you're gonna blow someone else's ship up, or you're gonna basically have your ship launched before they can get people mm-hmm. in there. But yeah, yep, I can see where it can definitely be frustrating if it happens repeatedly. Or it, it probably happens to me more often than. It should. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's me. But, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, so that's my number six, Mission Red Planet. All right, my number five is a another out-of-print game, and that was made by Fantasy Flight Games as well. So they're letting us down here. <laughs> um, I was waiting for the fourth faction to come out. Oh, that was so disappointing. Oh, uh, yeah. It was awful. I was so excited, and then they... I know. That's all I I'll, wanted I'll, was... I'll let you go on. Yeah, so... Because it was the elves, too, right? Yep. It would have been green. Yeah. I had the sleeves and everything. I got them all ready. Oh, that's right. You <laughs> did buy the sleeves. Because it was the next faction that... And they announced it. Yeah. And then they basically came out and said, Nope, we're going to make this other miniatures game and not make this <clears throat> all right. game. So... Uh, my number five is Battlelore Second Edition. This is definitely my favorite of the Command and Color line. So what that is is there's three different sections of the board basically, and there's hexes all over the place, and you have a hand of cards, and it tells you how many units and in what regions you can move and attack, or different things like that with them. And the reason I like this one the best is there's more, definitely more to it than the other ones. This has, each unit has a completely different ability from the other units. They roll different battle dice, they have different movement, which eh, a lot of them kind of have that too, but the unit abilities really makes it for me. And then the lore cards that you can play, I like a lot. It's a lot of fun playing those lore cards. Uh, We've had some really fun games of this. I remember one time I had my big giant dude just marching you down, and you're just slowly pecked. You ended up winning. You're like slowly pecking away at yeah, it. I, I can't remember how it worked, but didn't like. I think it went to like, like overtime, yeah. like a few rounds of overtime. Because so we were tied, so we played another round. And yeah. So the area control on this comes from there's certain hexes on the board where if you control that hex at the end of your turn, you're gonna get one or two points mm-hmm. controlling that hex. The disappointing thing about this game, and the worst part, is that the fourth faction, the Green Elves, never came out. <laughs> they canceled the game before they had the green sleeves ready. I was ready to, you know, sleeve those cards. Yeah, like the little extra Plano box to store the. Yeah, I had everything all set. So that would have been really cool because they have three different factions right now. I like setting up your army at the beginning of the game. You're kind of secretly setting out your units. I like that a lot because it's. It's like a hidden setup. Mm-hmm. So you, you have like this hand of cards. So when you create your army, you have a certain amount of points you can buy. <coughs> when 
which I think it's 50. Yeah. It's you have 50. like 50 points you can spend on your army. And then you have certain placements on your side of the map where you can put these cards, but you put them face down. And some of the cards that you put face down are dummies. Yep. So if I'm sitting across from Aaron playing and he's setting his battle board up, I don't know which ones are actual units and which ones are dummies. Yeah. So is he loading up all on the right side or not? Or is it, you know, it just kind of, it gives that, that's almost fog of war during setup. Until, yeah, you reveal everything it, yep. and then you see everything. And I like, I got all the expansions for it. So there's three armies and then... Each expansion basically added another army that you can play with for, like, the red faction or the blue faction. Yep. So there's a ton of different units yep. now that we can pick from. I also have some of the neutral units, which come with little scenarios, which we haven't tried yet. Yeah. But, and yeah. it plays real quick. It's an hour, you know. Yeah. And it, I'm really glad they at least came out with the extra the, factions. There's at least one extra faction. And the, the, yeah, the extra units for the factions. Yeah. Out. So, I mean, really, the amount of content in that game that you have, it's almost limitless. Yeah, it is fine. It's, yeah, I mean, we're never going to get bored playing it. Yeah, I love playing exactly. the game. But it's so disappointing that they canceled that. They just want that fashion. one extra. It's just, yeah, because it was right there. They, like, teased you with it. Yeah, they and, knew it was coming. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, they canceled and they came out with like Rune Wars miniatures or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called. But yeah, it was like a miniatures game in that universe. Yeah. So they scrapped. This that is actually universe. one I think you would. It probably doesn't sound like something you'd like, but I think you'd really like it. Yeah, I think mm. you would. You have a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Command and Color series. It's yep. either this or Memoir 44, which is my favorite. And they, they're so close. And it. Every time I play this, I have a great time. Every time I play, I mean, any other... Yeah, they're all... I they're like all, all really... Yeah. Yeah. So, the Command & Color series of games, they easily were on my short list. They, you know... The, the difference... I almost feel like this game is a little more free-formed, you know, because you set up your army, you create your army. Yeah. The you other more ones, control... Yep. And things like that. Yeah, the other ones, it comes... They're, yep, they're all scenario-based. So in the box, you get... I mean, there's a ton of scenarios for each game, mm-hmm. but, you know, you set it up a certain way, and then you play through a historic battle, which I like a lot. But this one is the fantasy, a little more, you know, how do you want to set your army up and go at it, so... Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my number five, another out-of-print game, and that is Battlelords 2nd Edition. You should be able to get some used copies or even find it at some game stores or online yet for cheap. Yeah. So if you're able to, definitely check it out. My number five, it's been talked about already. The other person has not played it yet, and that is Triumph and Tragedy. Mm. Yeah. I really like the theme. I like... I don't know if I want to call it like a sandbox style, but it kind of is because you're playing World War II. You know, like you said earlier, Ryan, you could play an entire game without even going to war. So it's kind of, you have your country, your, and, you know, is Russia going to work together with Great Britain? Or are they going to work together with Germany and fight? So it's kind of... Um, kind of a different style of game you know you you choose which direction you go do you want to be more aggressive 
going after different countries, doing the area control, or do you want to work on your infrastructure, kind of building up your resources and kind of going that route of the game? So it's it's a very different style <coughs> of World War II historical game. I really love the card plan. I know I mentioned it when I talked yeah. about it before, but I think the last time we played, I won with building the nuclear... I think I built the nukes up. Yeah, you did. And then, you, the there. and then um, as long as you have a plane within striking distance of the capital, yeah. you can win, if I remember right. So, yeah, And I, I remember getting blown out pretty bad because I... <laughs> we Yeah, you hadn't played a full game. Yeah, and I left myself pretty... Well... Down in the... Um, is it Italy or Spain or no, France? It, it was over by Africa. Okay. I left Africa open and I got attacked. So I had units just separated completely by themselves. And I came back a little bit at the end, but I, it really crippled me. But now knowing that going forward, it's a, it's a ton of fun. I like the Fog of War, too, where you it's a block mm-hmm. war game. So where you sit on the table, you can see your units... And you move them over and to see him sleeping. Like we've been talking about this in Battle for like 15 minutes. That's true. But I'm going to keep talking. But so your opponent, they don't know what your blocks are. Mm -hmm. So I might be marching across the board with just about nothing, but you, you're not sure if it's a tank or plane. You can kind of guess what it is depending on where it's moving and how it's moving. But you're still not sure. Yeah, when you see someone's army marching up, you see a bunch of blocks, but you don't know what level. Yeah, you don't know level they are and what they are. Two, you're not sure if. Well, he's got heavy tanks now, so is that a heavy tank coming at me, or is it? You know. Yeah. It's tense. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't you play it? Okay. I don't know if he'd like it though. <laughs> well, I like. He would I, like Napoleon's the cards play, right. but I don't think he would like the rest of it, like the the blocks and the movement and attacking with that. I think he'd like the. <laughs> That card play phase a lot, though. Yeah. I think Napoleon is okay. Because it's got, it's that block movement where you got the different oh, units. Oh, yeah, yeah. The um, Napoleon Waterloo. Yeah. That one's that one. yeah, yeah. just okay for me, though. Okay. All right, my number five is Chaos in the Old World. Ryan, what's your number four? <laughs> Um, I like how we drone on for like 15, 20 minutes and then you just... Well, I brought up it. It was already my number five. My number four is a game by Eagle Griffin Games. Oh, yes. And it's going to be on one or both of your lists coming up. And that is Empire's Age of Discovery. Hmm. And worker placement, it's, it's a really good game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the fight over the worker placement spots in this one a lot. It has it really good because you you reveal those buildings and everyone's sitting there drooling over. I want that building. I want that building. But then mm-hmm. you want to get your colonists out of the map to score that area control points, or you want those specialist workers. You know, everyone they got different workers with different abilities. They give you benefits in certain spots. That's a lot of fun discovering new lands and getting those tiles cool and the trade goods we've talked about this game before but yeah it's it's got that worker placement area control combo that works really well yeah so that is my number four empires 
Age of Discovery. Yeah, um, the only downfall I would say is it's a little bit expensive. Um, yeah. But it can play up to six, and it plays up to six well. Mm-hmm. But I would just say the price point is... But it's, it's a beautiful game, though. Yeah. Like, the components... Mm-hmm. And mechanically speaking, yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I'm, I'm glad I got it. It's one of those, you know, I paid a decent amount for it, but it's been worth it because we played it a lot and yeah. I like it. So I'm glad you got it. Yeah, <laughs> so we're so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> so my number four, it's a game that I wish was a little shorter because it doesn't get out as much as it should. That's Twilight well, Imperium. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah. Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition, I have not played 4th Edition. The TI-3, it's your... You basically play this big, grand space game. You have kind of hexes on the board, and they have different planets on it, or, you know, empty space. Might be an asteroid belt, this and that. But you're you're building up your, your faction, your race, and you're building up your fleets, your getting upgrade cards, different tech. And you're kind of moving throughout this galaxy, taking over planets. Um, You're fighting over planets. They give you different um, resources or you either get, was it resources out of them or the um, influence? influence. And then the influence and the resources are spent differently. You can vote on laws that might come into play that change different rules of the game i mean there's so much going on in it and it's just it's a it's a lot of fun my only complaint can be though depending on your play style you might not like a certain faction and if you have that faction when you're playing it might kind of be a little let down but i suppose to get away from that you could deal out two factions and pick one mm-hmm. you know that's that's one thing but uh, other than that it's a lot of fun. takes a long time to play, and that's my other big issue is that we can't get it out as much as I'd want it to. It's like a once-a-year game. Yeah, just about. That's probably yeah, like about what we said earlier. It's My negative there is that it just takes so long to play. Yeah, it's like two barrels on a hog's head. We had talked about that before. Yeah, that's <laughs> as far as like timing and weight, That's that would be, a, that'd be accurate. <laughs> um, so I either forgot about this game or just didn't, didn't make my list. I don't remember. <laughs> um, I think not looking at my list, it either would have been just off or it would have been number 10. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I forgot about it. Yeah, I honestly couldn't get much of an impression only playing it the one time. And I just felt burnt out after that game. Yeah, so but it can do that. Yeah, if you don't, it, it is a steep learning curve, too. Yeah. Because there is so much going on. Yeah, I think not every game, but like seven out of the ten games on my list, I could play one of my games before you're done explaining the rules for that one. Right. (laughs) But I do like it, and I like when we play and I have fun. There are parts of it where it really bogs down Mm. and gets slow. Yeah, Yeah, the battling can take a long time. You know, if you you got a ton of ships going against somebody else with a ton of ships, you know, you're rolling dice... For each ship, and you're trying to determine the damage value, and yeah. you but know that can bog it down. If you want that long, epic space game that has everything in it, oh, this yeah. is what you're gonna want to yep. get. <laughs> um, 
and definitely too. I wish we could play it more than like once a year or two because we I, we almost have to relearn the game every time. Yeah, you're familiar with some of it, but it's like you got to relearn everything and yeah, so many little rules. And I think it is a game that it would benefit the more you play it. Yeah, because then you kind of yeah. learn the little <coughs> tweaks to it, the little nuances. Yeah, yeah. It has the tech stuff, which I really like. I wish the tech was done a little bit better. I think they did. Yeah, I heard make they it changed it. And, yeah. changed it in four. Yeah, so a lot of people like it more. But I always like that kind of stuff in my Civ mm. type or you know those that yeah. kind of game. All right, so my number four. It's a game by Alexander Pfister, and that is Mombasa. I like the area control in... Easy. <laughs> you almost jumped in my lap. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped out of my pants. There. I know you did. I'm so excited. <laughs> I like the area control in it. You're putting out the different buildings from the different um, companies, essentially, and you're moving up in the stock uh, track for them and you get little benefits by going out you know the further you go out the different spots you go to with those buildings give you different kinds of benefits um the game overall is just great yeah i mean sorry, <laughs> you, just, you cannot wait sorry i'm just <laughs> tired that's right you give me a chance to gush a little bit i'm like gosh so i keep like DQing this from every list we make. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just going to be on every list. Yeah, but, yeah, I, yeah, it's the area control on this one's different, but it's cool how you can manipulate the uh, value of the stock companies yeah. with the trading posts and all that stuff. I like how you bump people's buildings off with yours kind yep. of thing. Yeah, you can cover up coin spots and whatnot. Yep. So, before Aaron falls asleep here, I'll get to my number three. <laughs> um... My number three is a game that I set up with Aaron, and then we basically put it back in the box, and that is Twilight Struggle. Uh, we've talked about it quite a bit before, but that is two-player-only game. One player is playing Russia, the other the U.S. during the Cold War. Um, it's got a lot of card play, so you have your events and the opponent's events, and you also have scoring cards, which basically area control for different regions are going to score you points throughout the game. As soon as someone triggers nuclear war on their turn, the, that player will lose. Or if someone gets to 20 points, it immediately ends and mm -hmm. that player wins. Um, there's a lot more to it, but that is the gist of it. It's a very tense... It can be long, eh, two, three hours. Yeah, it can be long. It's not as hard to learn as what you actually think it is. It's not too bad. Yeah, I would agree with that. In this, yeah, it's fantastic game. And I love the back and forth with the scoring. You know, it's the chit starts at zero. If Russia scores three points, it moves up towards them. Otherwise, it could jump back to the United States side. So I like that a lot. You know, the area control. Yeah, it goes back and good. forth. So say the Russia's at seven and the U.S. scores four points, Russia's actually down to three. Yeah, yep. So that's cool how that works. The area controls good on it where you're vying for different influence in the different countries uh, the card play real tense you don't know when those scoring cards are going to come out everything all balled together it makes a, a fantastic two-player game agreed yeah the card play really makes that game yeah mm -hmm. so that's my number three twilight struggle by one of tim's 
companies, GMT Games. <laughs> My number three, it was talked about already, and it does a great job of mixing worker placement and area control, and that is Empire's Age of Discovery, which we talked about when Ryan picked it, so I guess I won't go too much into it, but I highly recommend it. All right, so my number three is Paul uh, Adventure. It might be <laughs> it might be Tim's number two, Probably and that not. is Hansa Teutonica. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I I really like Euro games. You forget about it? No, I didn't consider it. I mean, it it is. It's got area control, like with the. Trading houses or whatever in each. Yeah, because you're you're essentially building routes between these yeah. two different cities, and no, you, I, one of the things you can do you, is. I know you don't need to justify it. I'm explaining for the people. Yeah, I, I I guess I my list was more the traditionally type where okay you're controlling different regions. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it is. Sure. <laughs> well, I was digging for this list. You know. Yeah, you dug good on that one. I think you struck gold with this game. <laughs> It's right, Tim. <laughs> Struck something, huh? I even found something. a way to put it into a list that you like. <laughs> Just a little. Just knife. to rub it in. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's cool. You know, the area control is you're building these routes and you're putting your cubes and discs in different cities. And so when other people take those routes, they're, you're benefiting from them. Um, and there's just a lot of cool stuff in this Euro. And I think. You know, looking at El Grande and Hansa Teutonica and things like that, you know, I wish more Euros had area control. Yeah, they're both of those are kind of like they're not simplistic, but they're simpler, but there's more depth of strategy to it than leads the eye, you know, when you explain the rules to somebody and you actually play the game. Right. Yeah, so that's my number three. I think it's a great pick. <laughs> Timmy, there? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if you wanted me to. We said heard from you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I mean, you can give your thoughts. You can bash it a little bit. Not, you know, you guys like it, and that's cool. You but, can uh, hammer dog on it. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't like the game. I'll just, I'll just say that. Interaction? Uh, you know, we... <laughs> Yeah, you're really forcing me here. So you said you like interaction in area control games. The, well, I don't consider this area control, uh-huh. but the I mean the biggest thing that throws it off is that it encourages someone to cut someone else off so much that it it always hurts me, but then it benefits the other person a lot more. So when you got somebody that they just keep cutting you off and putting in in your way and then they're just playing just, smart yeah it's a really I, interesting just, unique strategy I mean I'm yeah we'll go back <laughs> me and Aaron will go back and forth with you on how yeah, yeah. So you're not going to change my mind on that one, so. no yeah I do really like that one I like the the interaction that plays so much into the strategy of it like I, yeah I'm not going to get into it though yep <laughs> <laughs> alright my number two is going to be coming up on both these guys' list and we can just probably all talk about it at the same time that is dominant yep. species. Wow. What number is it for you? You'll find out. Okay, it's my number two. Oh, it's my number one. Okay. If we're just putting it out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. 
We talked about the worker placement, our top tens, but um, listen to it there. But we'll give you a little synopsis here. Great game, placing your workers out, similar to Empires, where you're putting them out, and then you're just going to take the actions top to bottom, left to right, and the board state changes so much from when you place your workers out that you're doing something totally different half the time than what you initially planned on. You really need to play to, like protect yourself in this game, not leave yourself open for those evolution cards to really just wham you one. You know, you get, yeah. you get sideswiped by a like a rhino or something, you just <laughs> stand in there like a giraffe. I don't even know. It's just, it's just the volcano that just blows away. There's a lot of different. Oh, ones. there's yeah, there's crazy there's, stuff, yeah. and that's one of the things. Catastrophe. In this, you know, yeah. There's all sorts of. And that's one of the things in this game, like especially a couple turns in. Once you're a little more established everyone's like first action is making sure they get one of those cards. Yep. It's like, I'm absolutely yeah, taking everyone's, this. Everyone's like hovering over the cards <laughs> to see which ones they want. And then I know there's, I don't know if it was the last time we played a couple plays ago, I wasn't able to like move or get something that would have protected me enough. And like, as soon as that, like that card was out there, and I knew one of the wet bandits, Johnny, but I knew uh, <laughs> he was grabbing a card. I'm like, he's going to grab that card because that hurts me so bad. I think that was where he <laughs> removed like a bunch of elements. Oh, yeah. And it just... It just would have devastated you. That No, it did Oh, it did. Because I wasn't able to stop it like enough. Okay. But, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And, like, you know, the cool thing about that, you know, those cards can hurt you so bad, but you see them there. So you can see them coming, so you're able to kind of, okay, what can I do this round to try to not get blown off the board completely? Try you to know, make what, it hurt less. Yeah, what can I do to make it not feel as bad? So that's kind of cool. And it really melds that worker placement and area control so well. It just, it's beautiful. And a lot of people, they won't try this game because it just looks so ugly to them with the cones and cubes, but... You gotta give this one a chance. It's, yeah, it's real good. Oh, seriously. And I, I'm almost positive we talked about it before, but the new edition coming out soon. Yep, the Marine. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one plays two to four. And uh, gaming rules. Paul Grogan actually had a video up this week or. Uh, oh really? By the time this airs, it'll be a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. Where he did a uh, overview. Basically, did the rules, and then they actually did a playthrough. I just watched the rules on it, okay. and I'm pretty excited. Oh, man. There's, yeah, it's... Is it, does it play quick? Or like, a little faster than... I would assume. Because I, it's only four-player? Sure. Yeah. I'm not sure how long that video was. I should have paid attention to that, because I think he played it four-player. Oh. But, but yeah, it's, it's, obviously, it's similar, but there is definitely differences, and... I think you're gonna like it. All right. Well, my number two is. Oh, yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah, you I got me real excited about the next one. <laughs> <laughs> you just like, I didn't realize it did that. Now. Uh, you're like just sitting here looking uh, off, just thinking of. <laughs> my number two has been mentioned, and I th wish that we could play more of the campaign setting in it, but it's just not gonna happen. But that is Scythe, and. I know you had said, you know, like, the area control, it's not that big of a thing in the game, necessarily, because it's that, like, Cold War feel. 
uh, I really like the resource management though, and how you're upgrading your faction. Everyone's got their different player board, and you're upgrading, making actions cheaper or more beneficial to you. And it's that engine building part there in your little tableau. Um, how you go about that is, is just a lot of fun. There's a lot to it, and it's got it's not too heavy, you know, but it definitely gives you a good bit to think about. Yeah, it's always so much fun looking at your player board and your faction mat and figuring out how you want to go about playing the game and, like, moving those little things around and moving them down. Yeah, I wish we played a few games of the Rise of Fenris, I think. Yeah. I wish we could finish it. What I think I'm going to do is I'm just going to open it up, read it, and see all the different modules, and, like, the next time we play, just... Add, just play a cool module. Yeah, add a module or two in that we might want to try out type of thing. Makes me sad to hear that, but I understand. <clears throat> yeah. I totally understand. My number one, I mean, uh, Scythe would have made my list. Like I said, I just didn't, it does have area control. I just, like I talked about, I did different type of area control stuff. Right. But my number one, Tim talked about it, I've talked about it numerous times, War of the Ring. I don't really need to go into it. Uh, awesome game. Hopefully Aaron can play it with me sometime. Check it out. <laughs> My number one is also a big shock. And hopefully sometime Aaron can play it with me. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be Twilight Struggle. Gotcha. Talked about it in past episodes. Talked about it uh, when Ryan picked it. It's just fantastic. And Aaron, we talked about your number one. Yep, my number one, Dominant Species. Yes, yeah, any honorable mentions? I had El Grande. Aaron talked about that. I really think it probably would have made my list if we just played it more. Mm-hmm. Right. Tim, you got any? I, would, I have a couple. And I was kind of surprised it didn't make... Mission Red Planet is probably another honorable mention for me, too. Okay. So one that I was surprised that didn't make either of your list, um, Cyclades. It was it's, close, yeah. Like that's real close. It's another. Mm-hmm. That was definitely one that that brings me to my honorable mention. Yeah, <laughs> I really like the Titans expansion. I like the base game too, but mm-hmm. I like it's easier to move with the Titan stuff. No, I really do like that. Mm-hmm. One, though. I'll just I'll <laughs> rattle through mine quick. So, Cyclades, another one you had mentioned, Rising Sun. Uh, yes, Rising Sun didn't make your list. Hey, Ethnos just beat it off. I just as you say, you like Switch dogging <laughs> over. Yeah, but I mean, I look through my one through ten, and it's so like you got you, you know, probably could have made a list of twenty. I could have, you know. and then had ten honorable mentions. And yeah, <laughs> I don't um, think I played twenty <laughs> area control games. Uh, so that one, we kind of touched on it a little bit. Uh, Memoir forty four in the Command and Color series on my short list. Uh, Blood Rage, just been so long since we played it. Look forward to getting that back out though. And then uh, another one kind of a dark horse would be like Sons of Anarchy. It's been mm-hmm. a long time since we played it, but I did I do like I like that one more than I thought I would. Yeah. You know? And it was surprising because it's it's, it's kinda of, funny. Like you're kinda of trash talking each other during the game. Yeah, so you're, yeah that's pretty fun doing that. You know, your the, biker gang's kinda of taking over these different um, areas, these different like a hospital or yeah. uh, a drug lab or, you know, stuff like that and you're 
Yeah, it's yeah, just you're smuggling drugs or money, and then like when you're combat, you kind of putting like guns into your <laughs> close fist in your hand or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. Remember. But it was it was fun trash talking and whatnot in that. Game. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. surprisingly it's a lot better than you'd expect, and I would I'd recommend people check it out or try mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I'd say the the uh, trash talking part was the only part in that game I liked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just it just wasn't great. Those sons of anarchy! If your taste align with Aaron, burn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's what's what did something? You have? Well, mine cyclades. Yeah, oh, that was okay. Yeah, that was really yeah, it. I mean, this list was hard. Of, yeah, was, he doesn't like this kind of stuff. Ethnos, well, I like doesn't. I said in the beginning, Ethnos was, but it got bumped off. Yeah. What's one that? Uh, so Aaron doesn't need to answer this because he's got none. But what's one that you haven't played but you kind of want to? <laughs> one for me would be Forbidden Stars. Yeah. I really just like to try it out. But again, it's out of print. Yeah, I yeah. know it's. Yeah, I know. but that's one that. Probably the top of my want to try area control list. I would. That's that's probably mine as well. I'll, I'm gonna look quick. Well, what I'd really want to try is dominant species. Marine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not counting that one. <laughs> I would like to try uh, Shogun or Wallenstein though too. Yeah, those look really interesting. Uh, it's this is your list. I, I you know, open it up and it's just start gushing. So 1989 Dawn of Freedom because it's supposed to be similar. It's the the card driven games. Yep. And it's supposed to be like the second edition ish of Twilight Struggle. The combat's a little different, or the you know how you vie for influence. So I always get a kick out of those. Uh, that would be one uh, kind of a goofy one that i don't know a ton about but i've always kind of been interested in it it's been uh it's called uh block by block okay the yeah. insurrection game so basically you're playing the theme's cool yeah you're playing well well you're you're playing inter- it's unique and interesting yeah. i guess that's kind of like your kick comment so, wrong. <laughs> you're, you're playing different um groups of people so i think one's like students another one's like working class people but you're like riding through the city and that's kind of the the premise of it that you're trying to kind of overthrow the anarchy basically yeah yeah so kind of an interesting you know twist on that so now that wraps up our top 10 we can move on to any of our ending thoughts before we scuttle out of here so recently played imperial settlers play that quite a bit with my wife that's probably her favorite game or close to it i've kind of i still like it i played it so many times i've kind of played it out or i actually just took out all the expansions the last time we played because there's just so many of them and there's just tons of power creep so the expansions i have are <clears throat> three is a magic number why can't we be friends and then two factions the atlanteans and the aztecs and we just played with all the base stuff and it was a lot more fun. I enjoyed it more. Um, I still think the Japanese are harder to win with than the Egyptians, barbarians, or Romans. Um, it was just one of those where it was just too much expansion. Like, it just bogged the game down. And I like mm-hmm. the simplicity of the original. The factions just got way out of proportion. Like, there's different rules. Like, oh, you can just play with all the cards and shuffle them up. Or you can just play with 
choosing which 30 cards you want to put in your deck. Yeah. Or you can just play, it's like, just tell me how to do it. You know? <laughs> tell me how the game is balanced, and I want to play that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, but Maracaibo is a Alexander Pfister game set to release in the fall. That's a heavier Man. game around the weight of... He has another one coming out, Newdale as well. It's a lighter game, but a heavier game is Maracaibo around the weight of Great Western Trail, Black Owl, Mombasa type. Only thing he really said so far is it's got a lot of cards, and it's illustrated by Andreas Resch, who did like the artwork for Great Western Trail mm. and... Uh, some of Mombasa, along with Clemens Franz, I think, and he also did Gugong. And it's a smaller board, but tons of cards with a lot of different abilities. He said that it's kind of like Terraforming Mars, just with the tons of cards and a lot of stuff going on with the cards. Okay. So he basically gave no information. No information at all. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm just excited. Obviously, you're hyped. You know, that ties yeah. into the beginning of the episode. Like what, Exactly. You know, it, I hear he, the designer. It's one of his heavier games. I'm going to get it no matter what. I'm not going to wait for anything. I'm just getting it. Um, I recently picked up Trakirion and Lagranha. I punched them, sniffed them, huffed the components, you know, the cards, the cardboard, you know, empty counter sheets. Um, Almost got through the rules on Lagranha, and I didn't start Trakirion yet. That one's a little intimidating. But once I started, I know it'll be a lot easier. Played quite a bit of the Lost Cities and Seven Wonders Duel lately, and I just really like those two for that quick two-player late at night. You know, we're tired, so let's just bust out some Lost Cities or Seven Wonders Duel. Uh, Tim's a little smirk dogging over there. I don't know if he had something to say about, I'm guessing, Lost Cities and Battleline. No, okay. no. I just saw you all a little cheesy smile. <laughs> no. Lost Cities, that's the one we played where you're yeah. collecting the colors. Yeah. Yep. And Summer Wonders Duel I really like because that tension, it's best when there's that tension of someone might win with a science or military victory instead of just the endgame scoring. So last time we played, Sarah was playing and she didn't realize I was slowly creeping up on that military track and I had the thing where I could play two wonders in a row to get more military and get a card from the discard pile. So I got all the way up to one military spot away from auto-winning against her, and then the last age, she was whooping me in points, but the last age, the, the whole time, all she had to do was try to stop that military win, so she was basically denying me military cards or taking military cards, and the whole time, I'm just scoring those blue cards for points, so I ended up beating her at the end because her last age, she really couldn't do anything. Just, yeah. So that was pretty satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting a wallop, though, but then she, like, looked over and started panicking. How did yeah. she like that, though, how you came back? And... Um. <laughs> well, was she all salty? No. Oh, just, okay. uh, it was just funny looking at her reaction. Like, then she started panicking. Because she was so confident, you know, because she knew she was destroying Doing me. really yeah. well in points, yeah. yeah. Um, something I wanted to ask is, when you guys rate games... So for me, I mean, it's a 1 through 10 scale. I go on board yeah. Game Geek. Now, anything that's basically an 8 or higher, I really like it. Uh, when it gets to that, obviously, 8.5, nine, 9 range, I mean, I really, really like it a lot. Yeah. 8 and 8.5, I enjoy it a lot. 7, 7.5, I like. 
I'm not always in the mood to play it, or you know, it's not my favorite thing, but I do still really enjoy it. Anything lower than a seven, six, six, six and a half is kind of like, uh, I'll play it. I don't really want to play it very often. Anything lower than that, I'd, under a six, is kind of like my I don't like it, or yeah. it's not for me. <clears throat> that that's about right where I'm at. <clears throat> at five, if you're a five or lower, yeah. Okay, for, no. for me, it's under and six. It's, and then it's, you know, if it's, I mean, even like five and a half, it's like, nah, no. So, yeah, that five range is kind of the, the splitting point. And then anything, you know, six is good. You know, six, six, six is and a half is okay yeah, for me. Six, is, they're, they're okay. Seven's good. Eight's really good. Nine's really, really good. And then, you know, ten's like, you got the old stickler over ten here. Doesn't got, it ten doesn't, doesn't exist, exist on my yeah, yeah. <laughs> A nine is like a. So is your rare. scale just one to nine? No. Okay. No. So no. it does go to ten. It goes. Yeah, potentially will one day. <laughs> <laughs> just waiting for that game. I get you know. Or expansion, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean anything above nine, I obviously will adore. It's great. Um, but that, I, I agree with that. Anything eight or higher yeah. is I really like it. Yeah, but on the other side of that, you know, like if I rate something like a six, like today, Dinogenics, like Tim really wants to play it, I'll play it, but I don't really care for it. If it's a five, uh, I. What's Dunder Alley for you? <laughs> Let me get the actual rating. What times it for you? He told me he rated it like a two or something. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really down there. No, it's not a two, Tim. It's a three. <laughs> it was really bad, and it took way too long, and it that end thing was just it's so random. It What's its actual rating? Probably like a seven something. I'm guessing. Yeah, seven point three six. Not a chance. <laughs> uh, you know, if it's at like a five or something, like I rate. 878 Vikings at that. I really don't want to play that anymore. So if it's at that five range or lower, or even five and a half, I'm like, can we just not? Play the nice this? thing now too is with split like that. See, so yeah, exactly. And people are like, oh, if you really don't want to play that, they're fine. Like, oh yeah, it's fine. You play it. I mean, right. Case in point, when we pick Istanbul and Ethnos. <laughs> I mean, I like Istanbul. I'm not. I don't even know what I rate. I probably rate it like a seven. Sure. Yeah, see, I, I, I think it's it's fine. It's it's just fine. I, I so don't... I think. I mean, we're gonna talk about this later on a table talk a few episodes from now. But Istanbul is like for you what Champions of Midgard is for me. You hear the expansions are great. They would make the game yeah. awesome, but I don't like the game enough to even bother buying the expansions yeah. for it. Yeah, and like, I don't want to go spend that money through that effort when there's other games. I just right. I want to get an expansion for a game that I like, or I more than just kind of like. I would like it to begin with, and I want yeah. to hopefully enhance that. Who you rating stuff? Yeah, I, okay. I was basically. I was just kind of curious because, like, but me having nothing well, in you're, the ten. Yeah, you're you're more compact with your ratings. Yeah, I mean, like if I go through the list of games I own. It's not good. It's not great. <laughs> you know, to an outsider, it might not look good, but... Well, especially starting out in the hobby, you don't know what your tastes are yet. And your right. tastes change so much. Yeah. Like, 
Mine has adapted mine, a lot. I mean, mine are, everyone's are still going to change, but they're not going to change as much after you get into it for the first couple of years when you play a bunch of different games and see what you like. Yeah, as you grow older, you might might not have time for these longer, you might wanna, not yeah. want to play these shorter games. It all depends, but... Uh, I've got a few little notes here. I'm excited about this next game, though. It's called Undaunted Normandy. It's from Osprey Games. It's a World War II... Oh, um, Osprey, that's bolt action and whatnot. Yeah. yeah okay. So it's World War II, and um, it's a two-player deck builder. And, I can't remember hmm. you commenting on that. So from what I understand of it is that obviously there's the ally and the access player, and you're kind of working through different scenarios in a sense from what I gathered. There's not a ton of information on about it, but it looked uh, it caught my eye. The art looks cool. And then another one, they have Valley of the Kings Premium Edition. <coughs> Is that up? just going to like include all three variants of the game or something? So from what I understand, it's supposed to have like 300 tarot-sized cards and sleeves in the box. Oh. So instead of the normal, because it's a smaller card game, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of bigger. Um, like a big box with bigger yeah, cards, yeah. basically. That's what I understood of it. But well, to me, that kind of, it just sounds po- like the, the extra, point. extra large code names. Yeah, the point of it's, Valley of the Kings is kind of like that take it with you. It's, yeah, it, it it's super portable, but uh, I mean. I'll look at it. Yeah, I, I thought you'd be excited. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I just don't like that thing necessarily. Where like, what was it? King Domino did it now that they have like the, the big giant, version. They got like giant Takenoko. Yeah, I'm not real. You know, it doesn't do anything for me. <clears throat> I already got the game. Yeah, I'm not gonna buy another copy Unless of the exact like same game. game. Right? Yeah, I could understand. Them, no, you know. No. Other people, obviously, if you're, if that's for you, you know, this is just yeah. my opinion. I, I, I don't know. I'd like, rather buy a new game. Yeah, like I had looked at the War of the Ring Collector's Edition, but it's like, I don't, I don't know the price, but five hundred bucks, and it's oh like, oh my god, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm it looks not, gorgeous. I'd love, I'm not rich enough, and I don't want to, anyways. <laughs> you know. The one thing that is giant that I would like to do is a giant Jenga set just for for outside, you know? I always thought the giant fun. King of Tokyo looked fun. Yeah, you always see that at, like, Origins and stuff. Mm. Well, that's the place, like, I would like to play you that play at a convention. Not, yeah. I, I'm not going to go out and buy it. Yeah. So Cthulhu Wars, that's like a giant... When are they coming out with, like, the mini version of Cthulhu Wars? <laughs> <laughs> there was, like, a question about that, and the creator, Sandy Peterson, he was like, well, if I'm going to create a game, I want to create it like, how I want to, like, in my head, not just some small thing. Like, if yeah. he's going to make a game, he wants to be big and grandiose and look like that. So he almost felt like if he made a portable or portable, a normal, small, size. normal size, that yeah. it would take away from it a little bit. So Yeah. I don't think it would. Well, <laughs> if it was just, like, Blood Rage Rising Sun quality minis and size, you know. Yeah. Because then you could take it... To my place. <laughs> yeah, you can wreck right. it over chaos. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. But if you look at like the the line of the Peterson games, they're almost all like just over the top, yeah. produced and heaps and heaps of plastic and yeah. No, that's not like the gigantic Cthulhu in Death May Die. Oh my goodness! <laughs> no, but uh, I was going to ask, what is your controversial board game opinion? What? 
Is this your Mount Rushmore thing again? Yeah, what do you mean? No, what do you mean? Yeah, just... So, like, a popular board game opinion that you go against. Oh, um... I don't like rolling rights. I haven't played any yet. (laughs) I'm anti-rolling rights just because they're everywhere, and I'm not really... Like, every company's coming out with them? Yeah, I don't really care. I'd probably like some of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll try one at some point, and I'll, it'll probably be a good little filler. Yeah, it feels like thing, it would be a good filler or like family. Yeah, exactly. It And it's kind of crazy how fast it boomed. Like, yeah. there was Yahtzee, <laughs> and then, like, recently it was just everywhere. Yeah. Because it was just easy to make. Yeah. And cheap. I do have one more. Okay, yep, go ahead. So I, I finally broke down, and I'm I'm working my way through my expansion neglect. We really broke it down here, didn't you, we? You, you really, you wore me out when I had to do it. <laughs> but um, just, actually just last night, my wife and I played Abyss with the Kraken expansion. Oh, man. How'd you like it? Quite a bit. So I... Is that the second expansion? No, that's the That was the one. first expansion. Leviathan. I can't find the Leviathan anywhere. Unless I order it, like, from overseas. So this I hear that's even I know better. they're both good yeah. I hear though. So um so what the expansion does is it it gives uh the Kraken cards. So you know you got those small little cards for the um the different the court decks. Okay. So yeah. you're you're collecting those sets. So it adds Krakens in there which are a wild. But if you play them, you can basically declare what uh race they're going to be. But when you play them, they give you the black marbles or the black gems, oh, yeah, right, pearls, right. Yeah. the black pearls. And what those black pearls do, they give you negative points. You can spend them like regular pearls, but they're harder to get rid of. They give you negatives, so there's different lords in the deck as well. Uh, there's some different locations that you shuffle in. We had talked about it afterwards. I know Angela really likes it. But with the expansion, she's you know liked it even more, and I even told her that I I would probably always play with the Kraken expansion. It's got to be good then because you you guys like that game. Yeah, a lot. we we play it a lot, yeah. so you know it's gonna. I mean that. So you're gonna be just searching out that Leviathan one. Yeah, if I ever out. find you're it, you're gonna be sniffing high and low. Yeah, I'm gonna be hound dogging, <laughs> <laughs> just dirty dogging around looking for that. And uh, kind of a funny thing is. When we tallied up our scores, so each black pearls negative. negative one point, but whoever has the most black pearls, it's an extra it's an extra negative five points. Mm. So I think our final score was ninety one to ninety two. She would have beaten me, but she had one black pearl, so she lost six points. Oh, from the one? From oh, wow. the one. Is there a way you can get rid of the black pearls? Yep. Okay. There's different lords I'm that you buy. glad they have that where you can... Right. And then also, you can... When you buy lords, you can spend your pearls. So you can spend one of your black pearls to buy them, only if you're out of your regular pearls. So you could spend, like... So if you need five points to buy this guy... You can spend four regular pearls and then one of your black pearls. So there's there's ways to get rid of them, mm-hmm. but it's harder to get rid of them. I think that wraps up our uh, ending thoughts. So listeners, if you want to get in touch with us, slap us a question. 
and we might talk about it on the show. You can email us at dualwindgames at gmail.com. Also, join our Board Game Geek Guild. That is boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3471. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dual Win Games. And please rate and review our show on whatever platform you're listening on. And Tim, if you want mine, signing us out tonight. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Next week on Table Talk, we discuss gaming etiquette. We sit down with Erin Dean to discuss her Kickstarter book, Board Game Worlds. We review Gugong and Takaito, and we go over our top 10 drafting games. <laughs>